hurting for you It seems now that it's over But there is nothing Nothing I, can do. I can't do Keep singing, my friend, cheering me up. I don't know. I don't know. Quintessential Kiwi. Oh, the Saturday session, that is. What a tune. Quintessential. You know, what a world s- famous in New Zealand, the Saturday session. Not these guys. What a start Not- from Joe as well. Joe's coming hot. Jokes by Joe. Uh, I, is it like get like in, you know, guest appearance in a movie? Yeah. I think we've got guest stars uh, as producers. Logan last week, Joe this week. And Joe started in hot. They're all competing for the position. They love it. They love getting in for the Saturday sesh. Exactly. Musical director they get charged with. Um, you know, what grade are we giving him to start? Well, I mean, you know, I love music at the start of the hour. You know that, Daniel? And I think he started out with a solid 9 out of 10. <laughs> I, I'd never give a 10 because I always think there's room for improvement. Okay. Well, D- Daniel's worked with me. Oh, morning, boys. Daniel's worked with me before, and he knows there's plenty of uh, room for improvement for me. So, I'm, wow, I, that's uh, well. I'm, I'm going to be nice to you, mate. I I, I leave my um, critical analysis of the guy to my right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. He'll pump your tires, and you'll totally deflate mine in the next three hours. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the show. Another Saturday is here. Another episode of the magnificent, the simply superb. Saturday session. You've got to write your own trailers, Grant. You've got to write your own trailers, my friend. You look, you look actually a little bit tired, I'd say. Exhausted, emotionally exhausted. Thanks. I've seen a Thanks. lot of social media Thanks. with you, my friend, and I'm very proud of you. Thank you. That's you know, very commentating an iconic moment in New Zealand football ferns history. For those people that were awake or listening to it on the, the airwaves like I was through the mobile SENZ app, if you haven't downloaded it yet. But what a... What a week for you it's been, or a couple of days. Well, what a week it's been for the station. Last night, too, had an extraordinary game at Go Media Stadium, didn't we? Uh, Mount Smart, uh, Sam Kempe, oh. uh, right in the thick of things. What an incredible game that was. But the night before, uh, I, I, one, of the, one of those games where you're getting goosebumps while you're working. You're getting stressed. Lily Alfeld alongside me, you know teammate of these players, absolutely living and breathing every moment. Uh, I, I could see this sort of pain and anxiety on her face as we tick down to 90 minutes, then beyond 90 minutes, and we keep going and going about another 9 or 10. So it was a wonderful night Thursday night, wonderful night last night, I'm sure, for those who are at Go Media as well. There's, there's nothing quite like those nights at Sport Grant. You know this well. You, you are right at the heart of you know one of the most epic nights at that very stadium, that the Football Ferns did the job on Thursday night. It's a special stadium, isn't how it? How noisy is that place when it gets like that? Like how I, I'm sure there are shades of 2015 as far as atmosphere, and if anyone who went to that and 2015 and some of the other big ones, 2011, there's probably plenty more. Black Ferns as well? Yeah, true. Of course, of course, from November Eden last Park. year. I mean, Eden Park seems to be the spiritual ground of not just World Cups, but... It, we also won the Rugby World Cup at Eden Park, didn't we? 2011, yeah. 2011. So Another excruciating watch that was. Yeah, but I mean, I was actually, I was with the CEO of Eden Park um, Stadium, the National Stadium, not so long ago, and he said, mate, this well, is... You're a Wellingtonian, you can't say that, mate. You're not allowed to say the National Stadium. So well... <laughs> not allowed to. And, and he, Nick was saying, he said to me, he said, this is a special place, Grant. You know, 
I always have so much faith that we are going to produce a special moment. He was talking about the Ed Sheeran concert where there was water up to his waist, and they were four days out. And he said, no, nah, we're going to make it happen. And everyone was looking at him like, no, you're not. Yeah. And they did. And uh, while we were talking, it was hosing down, and we were going to go and do a piece for ICC preview of the, the next World Cup. And suddenly, as we were about to film, the sun came out, and he looked at me, and he said, you see? <laughs> but... Yeah, it was just, it's a special moment, special stadium, but I mean, iconic moment, I think, you know, for you personally, and for the station to be commentating it. What a what a special moment. I mean, I was on the, the app with my two boys, yeah, age 8 and 11, they don't really watch football that much, and I was like, you're going to listen to this, and um, it was 9pm, it was 30 minutes past their bedtime, and we all listened to it, it was quite a, a special moment. Fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, yeah, and I'm just very proud of the, the station, uh, SEN in Australia as well. The huge undertaking. I've laboured this point over the last few weeks. It's a massive undertaking. We are commentating. We've got local commentary teams for every single game of this tournament. Jeez, how's that, that is a massive commitment to football. We did it in November. I, I'm still waiting for our thank you card from New Zealand Football. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not expecting it. Uh, it's been a massive undertaking, and you know we're really proud of it, and hopefully... Uh, we can do it justice. Thursday night was a special night. But you're so humble, you didn't even answer the question. How, how noisy and raucous does that place get? Yeah, I didn't want to bring it back to the, but I guess I I can just relay what that that, that fandom... Yeah, I want to know like. what, what, you know, what what's pulsating through your core when it gets that loud. Because we, we talk about on the show often, don't we, the passive nature of New Zealand sporting fans. Yeah. And we want people... To change, and then you get nights like that. People do get drawn along with it; they get carried away, and that's what you want. Express yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, as a as a professional uh, sportsman and woman, you probably you don't notice the crowd, so you just you conditioned. You're in your zone. You're in yeah, your you're zone. in the zone, yeah. so you you just conditioned to not notice the crowd. I used to relax and sort of like look in the crowd during balls just to see who I'd recognise. Really? Yeah, and I'd be able to pinpoint where you know my parents were sitting or my sister. Um, uh, you know, in that specific is game. that that switch on, switch off thing. Yeah, you guys so you, like to talk you, know, you switch yeah. on when you bat and yeah. switch off when you don't. Um, but you don't notice the crowd, the sound of the crowd, and that. But on that particular day, I did notice it. So you know that it's raucous when you're noticing it. But something that uh, is sort of edged in my my memory is how loud it was. It felt like someone was kind of three, four meters away from you, <laughs> shouting on top of you, sort of 45-degree angle. So like every Saturday morning, basically. <laughs> yeah, like you shouting at me, you and Joe, no doubt. He'll be getting stuck into me as well. Um, and it was even more noticeable when we went to the MCG. So you go to the MCG and you go, wow, the crowd's going to be double. It's going to be, you know, I think it was ninety six or 98,000 when we played there. But you don't really notice the crowd. It's not loud at all. Um, you know, when they boo, you sort of notice it. Because well, you need binoculars to see the other side of the field, don't you, the MCG? Yeah. I did hear someone saying, uh, calling me Irene Van Dyke the whole game. Um, Irene, Irene. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, you don't really hear the, the sledges that come through. You can, you can, it was very audible in at Eden Park if you're on the boundary or in the middle. And that sound, it's just, it's almost like, a, and, you know, it's a vibration. So it's uh, it's pretty special, and they would have the players would have felt that, especially sports. And and, and don't do take this the right way. Um, I'm not sure uh, how many K's you run in a cricket game. I, I haven't done the a one day game. Yeah, how many? Fifteen. For a really? Rounder. Yeah. But that's walking. 
Uh, walking, jogging, sprinting. Yeah. Wow. So in 90 minutes, uh, on average, the football ferns ran about 10 k's each, including a. Uh, and I think with a noise like that, it just can't you can't help but sort of push through the pain barrier. Oh, the I mean, we've spoken about home to, uh, home advantage in many sports, haven't we? When we're looking at our, um, you know, bets you should run a mile from, and you know, home home advantage definitely does make a difference, huge difference. You look at India. When India, they hit a four and the crowd just erupts and you just look at the player and he's pumped up. He's going to hit another four. And they, you know, he's, he wants that adoration. Whereas when hey, he, you're at cover, you just take a couple of steps back. No, he's, yeah. he's going to hit it hard. He's hard not dropping it for one. <laughs> but then, you know, like we would hit a four and it's dead quiet. Yeah. And yeah, you don't, well, you hear nothing. Yeah, um, so you don't, you don't get that, um, I guess, that, that feedback and that bias coming from our, our right. home crowd. So... It's no surprise that when we looked at the World Cups, you know, India won it when they were at home, Aussie won it when they were at home, England won it when they were at home, the Cricket World Cups. So is it going to be they the tied. same? They tied. Yeah. Tied. Oh, sorry, it was a tie. It was a tie. It was a tie. They tied and we'll always were be given a tie. the trophy. Were, yeah. <laughs> it was a tie and then they were given possession of the trophy for four years. You should just never bring that up, should I? <laughs> no, 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 don't. Uh, you can bring anything up. Uh, this is your opportunity this hour, especially 0800 150 Open line talk throughout the hour. Feel free to join us. Uh, thanks to our wonderful team, as always, at uh, Rum and Q. We absolutely love you. And we say it sincerely because we're absolutely smashing the product. <laughs> Rum and Q, of course, award-winning rubs, sauces, seasonings. They've got another wonderful prize pack to give away this week. How do you get involved? It's called Rub the Wrong Way. You just need to let us know what's rubbed you the wrong way. As far as sport is concerned, life is concerned. That lovely message from someone last week who prepared the farm the night before to, you know, enjoy lots of sport on Saturday, and then the I think the sun had left the gate open and the stock had got out. Oh. I think I think the sun got a two finger salute uh, uh, from Dad on this occasion. So do let us know, uh, everyone in the draw, uh, to win a beautiful prize pack. Thanks to uh, Rum and Q award winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Open line talk. Uh, you can discuss anything you want. If there's something you want to raise, now is your chance. Right now, though, let's update the very latest in sports headlines. Um, let's get you up to date. Now, I'll save that one for later. Um, halfback Sean Johnson continued uh, his wonderful form in the NRL with a field goal in Golden Point period to hand the Warriors a 21 points to 20 win over the Canberra Raiders last night, as heard on SENZ. The Visitors scored two tries, though, in the last three minutes. In fact, they scored one try, 78 minutes, 50 seconds to be exact, and then 79 minutes, 48 seconds, they um, scored again, sending it to Golden Point, but Sean Johnson was cool, calm, and collected, nailing it from 30 uh, metres out in Golden Point. Uh, The Warriors sit um, out a bye next week, I think, before facing five teams who are in the current... um, non-playoff spot, so outside of the eight in the bottom uh, part of the uh, ladder. A brilliant night it was. Uh, Another high-octane, angry spell from Mark Wood has cracked open Australian second innings after Johnny Bairstow's uh, blitz continued England's batting rampage at Old Trafford in the fourth Ashes test. Australia ended the day in the second innings, 113 for four, with Wood grabbing three wickets. Manus Labuschagne... 44 not out at Stumps. Australia still trailing by 162 runs. Wood, who was playing just his second test in the series, Grant, 
has taken 11 wickets at just 16. He has been a difference maker. Earlier, England reached 592, with Bairstow falling agonisingly short of joining Zach Crawley as a century maker in the first innings. Bairstow was left stranded on 99 not out of just 81 balls when England's Jimmy Anderson was dismissed for five. Do you give your number 11 grief when that happens? You ponder that, answer it after my last story, because after shooting a disastrous seven-over seven opening round of the uh, British Open, or the Open Championship, uh, the uh, a four under 67 in the second round has helped Ryan Fox, I think, um, avoid missing the cart by a single stroke, and he will compete over the weekend in the year's final uh, major, but his countryman Daniel Hillier wasn't able to recover from his own seven-over opening round getting around the Holyoke uh, course in 73 strokes after two, be- two birdies and four bogeys to finish on nine over and miss the cut. 0800 that is our number. Headline's done. G'day, Mark. Hello, Mark. Are you there, Mark? Two sort of co- Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Oh, we can, ha- we can hear oh, you yeah. now. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just woke up, actually. Just fed my dogs and... Uh... Life's good. We've got a good, fine, warm day here in Sydney. So, uh, and I owe you guys a note of congratulations too. I listened to Daniel on the uh, New Zealand match with your uh, colleague, and I think you did very well, uh, New Zealand versus Norway. And it was a real Ma- credit to hit Mark, when you say Daniel... No, Lily did well. When you say Daniel did very well, out of I, I like to rate people out of 10. What, what, what sort of oh. rating? Because I heard him at the end of the game. Um, what what rating I'd, would you give him, Mark? I'd give him a solid <laughs> ten out of ten because I reckon oh! down to earth and communicating good Kiwi down to earth attitudes, enthusiasm for the team, and just an absolute spontaneity, oh. which was totally natural. And Mark, uh, I love you. I want to have your babies, and I'm officially retiring from radio. Good luck. His good headset luck. has just thank, fallen thank off. You very His much, head Mark. has exploded. <laughs> <laughs> he he's walking out of the. Out of the studio now, Mark. That is, uh, that's that's high praise for the Saturday it's session. Funny. It, indeed, it's funny. I got the New Zealand scarf and beanie from Rebel Sport here in Sydney. I was wearing it around work yesterday, and all the Kiwis at work were like, "Yeah, we did good." But um, I'm, ex- you know, I think New Zealand can do really well in this World Cup because they've got the players who are, more importantly, uninjured. Because uh, unfortunately, on the Australian side of my family equation. Yes. Sam Kerr's in. Yeah. She's out for the first yeah. match and the second match against Nigeria. But I think that Australian team, regardless, did really well in their game. And I think uh, Australia can stand a good chance to take it all because there's a lot of teams that have injuries, apparently, like especially the USA. Yeah, there are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sam and Kerr needs to be fit, though. Sam Kerr needs to be fit. The USA can overcome injuries. England can overcome injuries. Yeah. But Sam Kerr is that... Uh, arguably is the most important player at the tournament. Yeah, and I've got to admit, I'm a bit brassed off with FIFA the way they've done the schedule. I mean, here in Sydney, you can't get really in the first round any other Australian matches, and you can't get any New Zealand matches. And I had this out with my brother who manages the Queen Charlotte Tavern in the Marlborough Sounds a couple of days ago on the phone. He said, well, Seamus Blake, love it. You know, indeed, they'll be playing New Zealand matches in New Zealand, mostly. And I'm like, yeah, but what about the Kiwis over here? They'd love to see New Zealand live. He said, well, you'll just have to live with it. So, well, I should have, um, you shouldn't have moved over there, mate. Oh, well, I lived in New Zealand <laughs> for 15 years, and I came back to Sydney because uh, I was born and raised here. It's always been home. But there is, I always make it back to New Zealand uh, to see family and friends over there, and I love the place.
And um, and how are you gonna how are you gonna feel, Mark, when the Warriors win the NRL too? I love it because the Warriors are my second team besides Penrith, and um, yeah, I'm gonna love it because I mean I'm a very avid Warriors supporter, and I got a lot of Kiwi friends here who are avid Warriors supporters, so we'll be over the moon when they take the uh, NRL Premiership. But that's one thing I wanted to ask you. I won off um, Matt Rogers and Scott Sattler here in Sydney a ticket to go see the um, New South Wales-Queensland third State of Origin match. It was absolutely brilliant because New South Wales won and I can finally give it to my brother who's a Queenslander. He's been giving me grief for years. I can give him grief that New South Wales won the third match. And I think to us Sydney-siders, winning the third match at home is more important than winning the series. And it was great. Oh, and, God, um, stop. But, come on, come what, on, Mark. What, You've done so what, very well up until this point. Make your point. We've we, we got to move on. Yeah, come on, come okay. on. The, the, the point is, why do you guys think so many Queensland, uh, so many New Zealanders support Queensland? I mean, why would they waste their time in so doing? Well, you know what? That's a really interesting question. I'll put it out to our ever-knowing audience on double eight double three. Double eight double three. Um, answer Mark's question. Thanks so much, mate. Always appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Um, thank you. My Thanks, pleasure. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Very kind of you to say those uh, lovely words, Mark. I do appreciate it. G'day, Dean. Dino. Hello, Dino. Jeez, mate. How far away was I last week? Miles away, wasn't I? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, Dino. Well, I want to speak about that because I actually, I mean, I did. I I put the knife in a few times during the show. I just said, you know, are you? You're going to be negative yeah, but, like Dino. But Dino handles um, it well, mate. He, he takes feedback he well, Dino, and that's take a credit it well. to him. But let's, let's hear what, what you have to say for yourself. How do you, you see the wash-up of that game? Uh, I still want to see Rico distribute the ball, but he's, uh, they're not quite as far away as I thought they were. I've got to be brutally honest. I, I knew Brian would They're in the, the neighbourhood. They're in the yeah, neighbourhood, aren't they? I, well... Yeah, mate, they're, uh, they're in the peloton, and there's only a couple hundred yards to the leading bunt, so they're not, it's a good spot to be. <laughs> who would have uh, thought the All-Blacks would be even, like, I was worried about getting past the quarterfinal, but we, we just need, it's proving, though, like, consistency of selection is a huge thing in life, not just sport, and I think the forwards now, like, I don't know, it's still a... You know, they leave Sam White like on the bench for Christ. Who would have thought that bloody two weeks ago? Nobody. But Barrett, how do you drop someone plumb that well? So we, it's hard to say. Like, it's very, very hard to say. I think we can still make some changes. I'd be wrapped within the back. I'd love to see, and it's more injury, I think, that Fahnuku, for me, is the best 11 running around, probably the best 14 as well, so he could play either. And I'd, I mean, Bowden didn't go too bad at fullback, but that kick into the end goal, my chip bowl hit the corner of the TV, thank God, otherwise it would have smashed the thing, but... A big fullback catches. <laughs> things. It's just you've got to critique it, haven't you? You've got to. I mean, I love yeah. it. If I didn't love it, I'd bring you up. But it, you know, Stevenson's catching yeah. that ball. Jordan's catching that ball. Jordy Barrett's catching that ball. I don't want to move him back from to fullback now. I didn't rate him there anyway. I like him at second five. He's doing the job. But we can only get better. Yeah. You know. But Speaking of better, great... can you can, can you think of a better sporting week in recent times? How good has this week been? No, last well, Saturday night, that, that, that opening 20 minutes from the All Blacks was just absolutely um, outrageously good. Um, we've seen the Football Ferns Thursday night. The Warriors and an epic one last night. The Ashes keeps delivering. Mate, we sporting fans have been treated. I don't get it. Like I said to Smithy the other day, like, how come people don't like sport? Like, you can't love your job that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
what a great country to be in at the moment. Like we're punching above our weight and everything. Like for me, the the result of the year, everything, all bullshit aside, that football ferns team or girls soccer, whatever they call that, that that's humble. We've never won a World Cup game. We've never had forty three thousand no. people. So no. It's just incredible. And the way they were interviewed after the game, I was like, there's not a sports fan that was watching that. Nine minutes to go, I said to guys on the couch, the good thing about the women's football and the blokes' football is there won't be bloody four minutes of extra time because they don't lie around and dive all over the place. And then they come up with nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. But the ga- the game's way way less cynical, isn't it? The women's game. There's way less pestering of the referee, for an, for an example. Um, yeah, there's a bit of assimilation from time to time. We saw that in the Spain-Costa Rica game last night. A, I thought a terrible refereeing decision to award a penalty to, to an utter dive. But I, I, I think overall, I think you make a good point about the cynical nature of it. That, that was disgusting, that penalty. Like, why don't they review that? Can't the captain have a review? Like, I would have sent off the bitch that died. Like, that's what we hate Ooh. about it. Come on, lad, like, it's a family yeah. show, Dan. It's a family show. It's a family show. But I thought, it's true. You can't do it. I mean, that's what that's what kills it. That's that's the part of football or soccer that um, folks like me get annoyed with. But apart from take that out of it, like the, the football World Cup so far, like but just even the black friends, we've missed the penalty that was hit absolutely superbly. Like if that's an inch to four inches lower, that's a cracking penalty. We missed a strike from thirty-five meters that a bloke would be proud of, and then we got a goal that was like training field stuff that come off like you can't it doesn't get better I mean nine minutes of yeah. no fingernails toenails it was like come on it is sporting and they are entertainers and they all sit there Dino you've started off really positively here this morning and I like it and I don't want this to spiral out of control but what are you looking forward to this weekend because I love how positive you are and you're always the first person to put your hand up and go you know what I was wrong last weekend um, so what's on the cards this weekend? Well, football, women's football. Like, uh, I actually went down to, I took a day off. I'll go for a walk. So I went down to Tahuna Park to see what it looked like. Because a bit of a rumour that Otago is going to play there. Because I want 25 grand to play at Forsyth Bar. So there you go. Tahuna Park? The All Blacks yeah, once look, played a test there in like 1904, didn't they? <laughs> Something Possibly, like it was a, it's a league. League used to play a lot there, but it looks really, really good. But you're not allowed to watch, and it, I just sat in the sandhills because you couldn't get in. So I walked down yep. the 14th hole park and sat there for half an hour. <laughs> there, watching. I love it. It's clown. Like so, they can't, some guy comes over and says, "Look, like, you've got to leave." And I said, "Well, why?" He said, "The the player had a three iron here on the 15th." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I only had a dog. I didn't have a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, Dino. We're going to leave it at that. We've got to get to a break, mate. Love hearing your uh, passion for all sport. I'm glad you've sort of been, uh, you know, you, you're catching the wave of, of these big tournaments. And that's what these tournaments are all about, you know. Um, once in every four years, you know, nations getting together um, and us coming along for the ride. And the best thing possible was New Zealand putting on a good display and winning it. Wow. Talk about. Yeah, stuff dreams are made of. Good on you. We will take a short break. It's 24 minutes after 10 o'clock. This is the Saturday session with Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Love to get your thoughts. 0800 uh, 150811. Need to ask you again. 
What's rubbed you the wrong way? You want a prize pack from Rum and Q, I can assure you of that. Let us know what's rubbed you the wrong way. Grant and I will drop in our notes as the show goes on. We will take a short break. The lines are open, toll free. You'll get through right now, 0800 150 811. It's nearly 29 minutes after 10 o'clock. This is the Saturday session. Our number is 0800-150-811. You can text us on double eight double three on the Tempo Embed Post text machine. Love to get your feedback on what has been quite a week of sports. Uh, Thursday nights, if you were there, I'd love to, love to hear from anyone who was at Eden Park. Uh, you know, to get a, a fan's perspective of of that atmosphere, how... How did the crowd react? Was it a, a disbelieving crowd, i.e. disbelieving that New Zealand could actually win that game? And was there, a, was there a point that the crowd got absolutely swept up in it? Love to get your sort of thoughts if you're at Eden Park Thursday night, 0800-150-811. And what about last night? The Warriors are up to third, Grant Elliott. Up to third, although Warriors fans probably aged a little bit last night, I would think. But, uh, you know, the big highlight comes from uh, a man who's had a wonderful career, head swathed in bandages and golden points, up step the man of the moment. It'll come back to Johnson. It's a slow play, the ball. Now Sean Johnson. He's got a chance to win it. Sean Johnson. He's got it. Sean's got it. And the Warriors <laughs> are inside the top four. They've sucked the Raiders an extra time. 21 points to crowd. 20. The crowd is on their feet. And you could not get a closer game between two teams vying for the top four. What a field goal from Johnson. The script couldn't be written any better for Sean Johnson in 2023, Kempi. Isn't that the most Sean Johnson thing he could do? Ices the game. Two and a half minutes into extra time. The Warriors take the two points and they're inside the top four. Sammy Hewitt. Brilliant. Love the emotion. Uh, of that call alongside Kim Pete last night. The Warriors are not only inside the top four, the third as it currently stands, just four points off the top team in the NRL. I see their odds have dropped as well, Daniel. They've always been sort of around that $26. They've gone to $14 now. So not only... To win the, it all, you mean? Yeah, to win, win the whole thing. But not only... Um, are the Warriors fans starting to believe? But maybe the bookies are also starting to get a little bit worried about their swing of momentum. That's a really interesting point, Grant. I hadn't actually looked at uh, the grand final winning odds. And uh, Panthers still the favourites. Broncos second. Panthers paying $2.60. Broncos four fifty. Storm six fifty. Rabbits $7. The New Zealand Warriors, this is the local market, 12 bucks. Oh, Bucks, that's not bad, hey? Fifth favourite to win it all. I'd love to get thoughts, Warriors fans, watching that with your... Uh, sorry, Go Media Stadium, isn't it? Uh, if you were there. But what an ending. What an ending. Uh, Joe, jokes by Joe, was watching it. Um, 78 minutes and 40-odd seconds, you think? This is fantastic. Life is great. We're up by 10 points. 20 points to 10. This is an easy victory over the Raiders. Oh, we can't butcher this with a minute and 10 seconds to go. But sport always bites you on the ass, doesn't it, when you least expect it. 
How was that, Joe? Well, I'll tell you what. My dad said to me, no joke. My dad said to me at the 75-minute mark, game's over. He said, the, you can't you can't score two tries in five minutes because uh, like it'll take too long. They have to do like the, the kicks and stuff. The kicks, it takes like two minutes off the conversion. Well, they paused the clock at the 79th minute in 11 seconds for some reason. I don't know why, but they paused it to let them take the conversion. So they gave them enough time. Oh, conspiracy. 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 It's the Warriors conspiracy. In our conspiracy. Oh, the Warriors. No. Of course. The referee. Yeah, yeah, the try. The that try, was two months ago, the Joe. To kneecap <laughs> you, Joe. They're trying to, they're trying to cut you down, mate. And your dad's right. You, you can't score two tries in five minutes, but you can damn score two tries in fifty-eight seconds. So I, I've got Whitehead dotting it down. Uh, I, I, I paused it. 50, uh, Seventy-eight minutes, fifty seconds, and then when Whitehead scored that length of the field try, seventy-nine minutes, forty-eight seconds, less than a minute, less than a minute, they conceded two tries. What a brilliant! Brilliant game. I looked at my dad oh. in the eyes and I said, I am never speaking to you ever again if we lose this. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Thank God, Johnson. Saved my family. Saved my relationship with my father and kicked that drop goal. Is, is he prone to hot takes? Is he prone mm. to big calls? Absolutely not. Completely opposite. No. Incredibly conservative. And and really, like he's the same as me. Like, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Don't say anything. Like, my mum's not allowed to talk during games because she gets too excited and she jinxes things. <laughs> like, I don't know what he is thinking. Oh, quite an ordeal for Joe watching that. 0800 811 Warriors fans. Uh, did you have something similar? Let us know. I don't know how I love, the, I love games like that, but also how the golden uh, it's a golden it, point golden point. I wanted to call it the golden yeah, minute. Golden that was the last minute of the game. Call it something completely different there for a second. But yeah, there was there was about three players trying to charge it down. I don't know how it snuck through because they they got there. He didn't have. I would love to see how long he had before the ball got in the hands on the foot and just straight through the the, the posts because it was just a split second that he had. And um, it just eluded the fingertips of the Raiders players. It was um, it was a bit of a spectacle. Oh no! Someone's gone down quite a, an interesting path here on Duffel Eight Double Three. The Wars winning in golden time felt even more epic than if we'd won in regular time. Although it brings back memories of super overs that crushed the souls oh. of Black Caps fans everywhere. Well, no, the Warriors actually won, unlike England. Actually, one they they scored one more point, didn't they? <laughs> they scored one more point. They they deserved the win because they got one more point from the Raiders. But I'd love to know. I as far as an experience, and it's just another chapter. I, I think of that Sharks game earlier in the year, that incredible comeback. Um, the game last night, the, the you know the storylines within it, you know, up comfortably with a minute and ten seconds to go, and then you. But that just shows a, a whole heap of um, resilience in that time, in that in that side. I'm sure a lot of teams would have rolled over. Here's Andrew Webster, the uh, head coach of the uh, Warriors, speaking after the game. Yeah, I just said to the boys, I we tried really hard again. Um, we executed a lot of really good stuff, so I think we improved, and then we certainly didn't execute a lot of other stuff and put pressure on ourselves. But we also played a really good team. Um, that just stayed in it the whole way. And I think Sean put a, a great kick into the corner with about five minutes to go. Like, great pressure. We gave away a penalty. And then we were on our line for a long period of time. And then they scored a try for grub on the last play. And, and that's what got us in that mess. So I think the lesson is we can't relieve pressure when we've, we've got the foot on the throat. So, But they're a good enough team to, to, to um, put you under that 
um, Kosh and, and they come up with a great try. Andrew Reeves is speaking after the, the victory of the Warriors. Sounded pumped up, didn't he? He'd <laughs> be emotionally what? drained after yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. But be I, a bit spent. A little bit monotone. But, um, yeah, I, I think focus is good after you win. Like maybe I'd love to be a fly on the wall with the, the Warriors, any teams for that matter, even in the, the Ashes when they were down 2-0. It's just how you get back from those moments, the discussions that happen in the lead-up. Because the Warriors, I mean, you know, when they were mid-table and it wasn't really good, it was sort of hit or miss, but there was promising signs. The discussions that happened then mm. in the lead-up to now, the discussions that you have and looking at, because you never want to look at too far ahead. You don't want to look at winning and results. It's always about the processes. But whether or not there is that discussion that happens like, boys, we could win this, you know? We're, we're hot in pursuit here. We're lying in at third. And they certainly do believe in the ashes. We'll talk about that a little bit later and swinging both ways. But, wow, what a turn of events. And it's great to see the Warriors up top because they've got a huge fan base. I didn't realize how big the fan base was until I started doing the show, I reckon. Um, and just how passionate they are. Because even when they're losing, you still get a you know, packed out crowd, still believing. And now they'll certainly believe. But I want to know, Daniel, is who's been to Eden Park for those maybe three or four events? So you've got the Black Ferns, you've got the Football Ferns, you've got, well, you can throw Ed Sheeran in there if you really want to, you've got the Cricket World Cup, and you've got the Rugby World Cup. So you want Black Ferns of 2022, the Football Ferns of Thursday, the 2011 Rugby World Cup final, and 2000... Tell you what, I'd love to speak to someone who's done that, because... The quadruple. Jealous. Did you throw Ed Sheeran yeah. out of there? Has or? anyone done the? We'll call it the Grand Slam, right? If you win four, if you win four tennis titles in the year, it's the Grand Slam. So the Grand Slam of New Zealand sport, Eden Park sport. Has anyone been to all four of those? If you know someone, mm. um, send us their number. <laughs> we'll give them a call. I'd love to. Be, that's a great shout, Grant. Uh, let us know. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you've been to. The grand slam of Eden Park sporting events, all four of them. And uh, still have your ticket because I had someone come up to me at the airports and go, Oh, Grant, you know, I've kept this in my wallet, you know, ever since the, the 2000. Just in the hope I run into you at Wellington. No, Airport. it wasn't. It was just because it was a memorable, memorable day for him. So he, he kept it in his wallet and he whipped it out and he's like, Do you mind signing it? Oh, that's awesome. Brilliant stuff. We'll take a short break. It's 22 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Stay with us. This is the Saturday session. 0800-150-811. That is our number. You can text us double eight to double three. Uh, Zaid, thanks for holding through the break. How you doing? Good day, Zaid. Yeah, good. Uh, good. Thank you, boys. Um, I'm very interested now. If the Warriors, if everything goes their way, can they? If 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 we're really ominous, can they get a top two spot? If they can win, maybe the rest of their games and maybe points differential comes into it. I don't know. Can we dare to dream that they can maybe get? a first or a second spot and get a second chance um, semi-final and say if they lost um, in one of the semi-finals, can, can we um, start thinking, is that, a, is that an option with the Titans, Dolphins, Sea Eagles, Dragons and uh, Tigers and teams like that left now? We've played all the um, hard teams, so is it time to really go out and hammer these last five games and try and get as many points and point differentials as we can and maybe... Who knows, finished that high. Um, yeah, great result by the football ferns. Um, Hannah Wilkinson, uh, great goal. 
And um, one other thing I want to go on to is quickly about the Ashes. Is, um, do you reckon uh, Johnny Bairstow is a bit livid with um, James Anderson this mor- uh, last night that um, Anderson didn't let him get his 100 when he was hammering the ball, got to 99, and um, he you know, gave his strike back to Anderson, and Anderson just failed him. So I wonder if he's a bit, bit annoyed. And um, England's on the chase, but is the rain going to beat them? What, what's going to happen there, boys? Uh, appreciate your call. We'll put you on hold and you can listen to Grant's response to that last point. Uh, of course, you can dare to dream. Uh, dreams are free. You can have it. Um, and, and you are so right, Zade. You've always come prepared, as you would expect. Uh, he's got the draw perfectly. Titans, Tigers, uh, Seagulls, Dragons, Dolphins. Hardly a daunting run. So what? would it shock you if they won all of them? I don't think it would shock us, would it? So you add 10 points plus the bye. Um, problem is, for the Warriors, the, I, I think the likes of the Panthers, Stormer, uh, Raiders, Sharks, Either have one or two games in hand on them, so and they are of course you know either locked up on twenty eight points or on twenty six, um, but it's a pretty easy draw for the Warriors. As as to that last uh, that point in question, Zade made, how would you respond to that? Would Johnny Bairstow not be looking, and Jimmy Anderson in the eye, in fear of getting angry? No, I reckon you know they were nine down when he was on you know sixty or whatever, and he just started smoking it because he knew that. You know, I, I guess Jimmy Anderson's number or days were numbered. I've been stranded on 198, and uh, Charlie Trek got out LBW. And it's like, you know what, 99 or 100, unless you're really worried about that stripe in the hundreds column. Yes, it's great to get 100, but 99's only one, one run away. I never really thought of it as a, a milestone, let's say. Um, but it would have been nice for him too. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be livid with Jimmy Anderson. I think there'll be a bit of banter going around. The only person that will be livid is Jimmy Anderson. He'll be absolutely right. gutted okay. because when you're number eleven, you generally go in um, when the pressure is on uh, in hairy moments to win a game, hold on for a draw, or to try and get someone to a milestone. So Jimmy Anderson, being the professional he is, he'll be really livid with himself, but. Yeah, uh, Johnny Besto, it's not like you're going to go up to him and, and g- give him a spray, just like, you know, there's been a number of sprays in this uh, in this series uh, from both teams. Oh, yeah, lots and of sprays. Are people playing the victims? There's a lot of victim. You know, yep, there is. People claiming to be there victims. We'll get to that uh, a little bit later. Thanks, I do appreciate your call, your thoughts. Uh, lovely text here. During the 2015 season, Sean Johnson scored 18 points in six minutes against the Raiders. You are never safe. Make sure you uh, take a, a photo of that uh, text message, uh, Joe, and, and send it to your, uh, to your father. Just remind him. <laughs> remind him. I am so pleased for jo- Sean Johnson. This guy's been a great entertainer. He's just fun to watch. I don't know him. Um, I've always enjoyed um, watching him play. Uh, I've always found, and the, the criticism is probably not as robust as it was. Maybe, you know, that, that little stint away from the Warriors, it took him out of people's mind. He's come back. You know, last year wasn't great for the club overall. This year, he's been right at the heart and soul of it. Um, you know, bang for buck as far as, you know, the Billy's adding to the salary cap and the impact on the field is fantastic. You know, I, I remember doing talk about years ago and the line I constantly heard, which I thought was the biggest load of nonsense, was you can't win an NRL title with Sean Johnson. So many people used to throw that out. So many people threw that out. And I was used to counter... Sorry, um, you can't win the NRL with a bad team. 
you know, having a wonderful halfback like a Cooper Cronk, you know, making, what, three, four finals appearances in a row. Yeah, absolutely. But Cooper Cronk lost an NRL title to, to, to an opposing halfback called Chad Townsend. You know, a former Warrior, the Warriors let go. So, uh, you know, I, I'm really, really pleased for Sean Johnson. Really pleased. But on the, the Sean Johnson thing, Daniel, do you think that having an affiliation in this world of mercenary sport where players, you know, are transferring every yep. every year, do you think having an affiliation with a, uh, a team for a long period of time has actually added to where he is now? Oh, without question. Because there's passion for the team and there's that want and there's, you know, battle scars where... You know, you haven't had the greatest of seasons, and there's been times where you, you really do believe, but the the combinations haven't quite been there. So now he's a, at this time where there's so much desire and so many battle scars that 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 desire is just thrust upon the teammates around them, and that's almost infectious. Yeah. Well, he's played over 200 games for the Warriors alone. This mm. guy's approaching 250 NRL games. Yeah, it's a lot of footy over. What I think he started in 2011. It's a lot of hits. A lot of hits and a lot of excitement. A lot of big steps. A lot of defenders beats, and you know he scored over seventy tries. You know, approaching eighty tries in the NRL. Um, you know he's been he's been awesome to watch, and uh, he he clearly just looks happy, and, and that's reflecting the way he's playing. Long may that continue. Uh, almost ten minutes away from eleven back after this break. I'm eleven o'clock. What's coming up on the show? Well, plenty after eleven o'clock. Uh, Grant and I, our resing talking cricket segment, swinging both ways. We'll look at the big issues. Um, in the realm of cricket, and how on earth England have got back into this Ashes. Uh, brilliant display over the last couple of tests. Uh, also on the show, Blake Ashford's going to talk about the Warriors game last night. Look forward to catching up with him between 11 and 12. And Maya Jackman, former football fern skipper, to reflect on Thursday night and um, her own thoughts about maybe the next uh, group of games and how New Zealand's Going to back things up on Tuesday against the Philippines. Can't wait to catch up with her about quarter past 12. Uh, we did ask if anyone has completed the Grand Slam of Eden Park Sport. Mm, the what? Grand Slam. Has, has anyone been to the following? Thursday night, the Football Ferns, the 2022 uh, Women's Rugby World Cup Final, the 2015 Cricket World Cup Semi-Final, and the 2011 Rugby World Cup Final. We're calling it the Grand Slam of Eden Park. We need to find a fan who has completed the Grand Slam. Uh, they might not be listening to the station now. If you know who they are, tell them to get in contact with us or you know, allow us to get in contact with them. Someone writes, and someone needs to send back their name because I'm incredibly jealous of them. I was part of the opening ceremony on Thursday with my daughter, and being on that Garden of Eden was such a special atmosphere and experience of a lifetime. I'm lucky to have been at Eden Park for some of New Zealand's biggest sporting events like Canes and Grant's Six and Beaver's Kick and oh. Hannah Wilkinson's goal is right up there. Wow. Well, I think three of the four. Three of the four on that one. But Grant is still the loudest I heard and rates as number one, Mr. Humble. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, the three out of four is pretty good. Unnamed texter. That's, some, some, that's impressive. Special moments there. Who's Very done, special. Who's done the Grand Slam of Eden Park? Let us know. Back after this with the latest in sports headlines. Cowbell! I need more cowbell! Give me more cowbell!
Yes, give me more cowbell, Joe. Excellent stuff. Is that the actual instrument, or is it the name of the band? I'm not too sure. You know, no, I'm bad with music. It's a, it's a, it's a reference to a Saturday Night Live skit uh, featuring Will Ferrell. It's hilarious. Oh, with yes, Christopher I Walken. Have seen, that. seen that one? <laughs> because if you hear, if you hear in the back of that song, there is a tiny little bit of cowbell. <laughs> it's a magnificent skit. That one. I have seen. With that. Will Ferrell's shirt going up, out <laughs> hanging out. He's yeah. one of my favourites. He's brilliant. Christopher Walken in that is is, is magnificent. Great song. Welcome uh, into the show. If you're tuning in for the first time, one minute after 11 a.m., this is the Saturday session. Boy, Grant Elliott has thrown out quite a doozy in an ad break. <laughs> oh, what a we were about to update the Open Championship, weren't we? Uh, part of our sporting headlines. We'll get to that in just a second. But someone got a hole-in-one. Tra- Travis Smythe got a hole-in-one. Yeah. So I just saw the uh, the footage of it. But like Steph Nick- Curry, did you see Steph Curry got one? Yeah, Steph Curry. But he, like, he, but he saw it go in and he celebrated it. And I mean, yeah amazing like he went and high-fived all the crowds and he was getting into that almost like live golf type uh you know persona of golf it wasn't just yeah. doffing of the cap yeah. and a, yeah, a shake of the hand but Smythe didn't realize he got it in he only realized because you know all the fans or the crowd um got so fired up he, he would have aimed for the hole right he yeah. would have aimed for the hole but, that, but, that, but you were saying one of your mates has just got their fourth hole in one yeah so we were on a whatsapp group with a number of cricketers and uh, just like amateur sort of uh, cricketers from the old tablelands and uh, Raja uh, got his fourth hole in one and I thought wow that's quite significant like there'll be it's pros but there'll be pros out there that have never got a hole in one I reckon yeah but uh, what, tell the audience your so theoretical question I said to yeah. you I said I don't think that I would get excited if I got a hole in one. And you, to which you replied, why not? What? And I said, no, I think my reply was, what? Well, because I'm not aiming to get the ball in the hole. Like, I'm aiming to get the ball on the green or, like, close, but not in the hole. I'm not that good. I can't go, oh, I'm going to, you know, hit it over there and it's going to draw in. And I don't know if it's going to go right or left. Um, so I just said, I don't think amateur, or do you think amateur golfers have the right to to celebrate a hole-in-one? A fluke. Like, as in claim it. Celebrate a fluke. We can celebrate the outcome. You can celebrate the outcome, definitely, but but also... you're a professional athlete, mate. You you think of... You see the world differently. Some of you see the world as flat. Um, (laughs) And if you... If you are Scottish or a little bit tight, tighter than normal, do you just race to the car park because you don't want to buy the whole clubhouse a drink? (laughs) That is very true. This theorem, does it have anything to do with the fact that your dad's got more hole-in-ones than you do? Oh, I don't have a hole-in-one. And you're a bit salty on it. My dad's got, he'll be listening, he's got two hole-in-ones. And I'm sure that, you know, if he was to phone in and we were to discuss this with him, he wasn't aiming at the hole. And I'm pretty sure that one of them, yeah. They were looking over the back of the green uh, because that, yeah. that's where he thought he had hit it. And suddenly he was like, oh, no, here's your ball, Davey. Hole in one. Interesting. Um, okay, that, that's our unscientific pop-up Saturday session poll. Is it okay <laughs> for an amateur hack to celebrate a hole in one? Or is it because it was complete pot luck? You shouldn't. <laughs> Are you Team Daniel? Celebrate away. Or Team Grant, let us know. We'll get uh, uh, back to your calls in just a moment. Let's get to the, uh, the Open Championship. Grant, let's open. Uh, let's open our latest in sports headlines with uh, the Open. Uh, Brian Harmon of the United States of America leads at minus 10 after two rounds at the Open Championship at Holyoaks. That's a golf course, uh, not, a, not a UK <laughs> soap uh, opera grant, which I, I know you're a big fan of. He shot six under today. He leads by five in front of Tommy Fleetwood, who was even today. So Brian Harmon, 
big lead as he heads into the weekend. Two rounds in, uh, time to cut people. Well, who fell inside the cut? Well, Ryan Fox, brilliant, four under today to get to plus three. He made the cut by one. Daniel Hillier, though, couldn't uh, overcome his uh, ugly start um, on day number one. He, too, like Ryan Fox, shot seven over on day one. He has missed the cut. Uh, Sean Johnson's golden point, magic. 21-20, win for the Warriors. Has seen them climb to third on the NRL ladder, but, boy, it was tight. They're up 20 points to 10 with just 70 seconds to go. Somehow the Raiders sent it to golden point, but uh, Sean Johnson, another highlight moment for him. Uh, slotting coolly his 30-meter uh, field goal to give the Warriors the win. They head into a bye now in the NRL. And England well and truly on top. Their biggest opponent at Old Trafford in test number four of the Ashes, their own weather. Uh, rain is looming large in the forecast as far as the game and how it's situated. England all over Australia. Australia 113 for four in their second innings, still trailing by 162 runs uh, England reached 592. Johnny Pesto, 99 not out left stranded. Very latest in sports headlines. Our number is 0800 We didn't get to Paul at the top of the hour, just uh, prior heading off for that last break. Uh, we go to him now. After, well, morning, I was going to say afternoon. Good morning, Paul. It's a great morning, morning isn't it? G'day, Paulos. <laughs> G'day, Grandos. Um, <laughs> hey, um, yeah, yeah, what a game last night. I, um, yeah, what, what, a, what a heart attack, sort of, last few minutes. Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't think the, the Warriors would be very happy with that, those final minutes. Um, you know, uh, they, they were ahead, eight, I think it was 80-0, you know, and to let them back, I think that, that'll be a bit concerned to a certain extent. But once again, you know, Magic Johnson, um, you know, clutch <laughs> play by him. And he, but, but the thing about that, what he did was he was, he, he was just calm and collected and he just slotted it through beautifully and um you know we we, we lost um near cora marata near cora you know and that was a huge loss so we we played basically with 12 men for most of the game so and to beat that uh canberra side which is a very oh. um it's it's looking very good how I, I made the point. I'm not yep. sure if you heard it. Yeah, I, I made the point um, a little bit. I'm just so happy for Sean Johnson. He, he's had so many sort of critics over the years. That they've sort of waned oh, away, yeah. thankfully. Man, he's been. Yeah. He's just so. He's fun to watch. He's just one of those unpredictable players who's. He just seems so happy, Paul. He, he just seems so comfortable. He's so content, and, and that's reflecting in his play. Yeah, it's just a shame that it's taken him to the back end of his career to sort of find the sort of form, but you know, um, when he went to the Sharks, he was he was he, he was doing that. You know, he was he was coming like he was alongside Chad Townsend. And I remember Andrew Johns years ago talking about Sean Johnson, um, and, and talking about good halves don't usually sort of come into their own until their sort of late twenties. You know, with a lot of experience, and I think we're seeing that with Sean now. And but you know, like you said, the fact he's home and he's they're winning and you know he's got a new kid and he, he's happy and you know being at the stadium and just seeing the love for the guy um you know it's just good to see because he has had a lot of knockers over the past you know when the warriors lose it's sean johnson's fault you know get rid of him and this yeah. and that but yeah that's yeah. Really, yeah 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 oh i'm glad you survived but, um, the heart murmurs last night the palpitations it was a <laughs> pulsating game good to good to chat paul always uh, yeah. love getting your take we've got to move on oh and i've just cut off donald sorry um Thanks, Paul. Sorry, Donald. Uh, my apologies. 
Um, if you want to call back, we'll try and sneak you in. It's nearly nine minutes after 11 o'clock. Um, 0800 is our number. Best we take a break. Coming up, we'll talk uh, some cricket. Rosine Cricket. The Saturday Session Cricket Update. Thanks to Rosine for expert paint and colour advice. Wood bowls round the wicket to head. Hits oh. him on the body. Out to the gully. Did it hit the bat? Head's not moving. Head's given anyway. Wood gets a third. Travis Head doesn't get settled here. The sustained short pitch attack has worked. And it has worked indeed, especially if you've got Mark Wood delivering at those uh, short-pitched uh, balls to the opponents. He was fired up, and Mark Wood has made a massive impact in this Ashes series. Three for 17, he took in just seven overs as Australia limped home uh, to end the day. 113 for the loss of four wickets, still trailing England by a long, long way. 162 runs to be exact. Welcome into our Rosine Cricket segment, affectionately, lovingly. Known as swigging both ways. Time to paint. Get a quality finish with Rosine Paints decorating Kiwi homes since 1946. I've got a bone to pick with Australia. I've got a bone to oh, pick with Oh, thank them. goodness. I thought you were going to say a bone to pick with me. No, an absolute bone to pick with Australia. Uh, just when I start saying they're the best team in this series. That's what I said as well. They start um, coming back to the, the pack. Yeah, that, that serves me right. That serves me right for talking nicely about Australia. Um, why on earth they didn't pick a spinner for this test? Do not understand. Grant, have I not spoken enough over the last five years about Nathan Lyon being the most underappreciated mm. uh, player in, in world cricket? And, and I'm, losing him is massive. But you still needed to find a way to, to bring the closest thing of, of the skills he brings to that Australian side. I, I, I think they got rattled in their team selection. Well, you're right, OK. There's a number of factors at play here, Daniel. I don't think it's just... Australia and losing Lyon. They lost Lyon, um, and yes, they could have brought in Murphy. They did, but when they lost Cameron Green and Mitch Marsh came in and scored 100, suddenly they were in the selection conundrum where they were like, do we drop Warner to try and play Cameron Green and Mitch Marsh? We've got to play both of them. They kept Warner. They played both all-rounders, which meant the spinner lost out. So now they lost a spinner. So that was on the Australian side of things. So their balance was like, you know, deeply out of whack. However, England brought in Chris Wokes and Wood. Now, Wokes has done well with bat and ball, like extremely well. Uh, his nickname was Golden Bollocks, GB, because he is that good. Like, I played with him at Warwickshire. He's actually a Wellington, Wellington Firebird as well. Um, and I recognized how good he was as a, as a player when he came at the age of 23, and we asked him how many first-class wickets he had had, and he had had 200 at the age of 23. So we also elevated him up the, the order. So he's a genuine all-rounder. Like, he's a bowling all-rounder, but he can yeah. bat as well. So those two coming in, and we just heard the audio of Mark Wood, and you spoke about how um, effective he's been. His three wickets now in the second innings, Kawaja, it was just pace that beat yep. him. Kawaja playing away from his body. Smith bounce on leg stump, sort of trying to evade it, getting a little tickle. And the Travis head one, which uh, it looked brutal. It's one of those ones that you sort of wince while you're watching. You go, oh. <laughs> and as a professional cricketer, you go, thank goodness I'm not playing cricket anymore. Um, you know, at the throat and, you know, just gloved it or uh, hit the sort of blade to gully. Um, it was just it pace. Was, it was great to so watch. The, and then they've brought 
Mo Ali back as well. So how good's he been? Yeah, so the England England balance is so much better than the Australians' balance. However, I'm sorry, they. they why do you play both Mitchell Marsh and Cameron Green? Cam, what has Cameron Green done to say he he has to play, even if we need to crowbar in another all rounder? What has he done? He's he's your all rounder. I think he has to almost stay. Um, or you choose one or the other. No, no, what, what has he done in the series, Grant? I'll tell you. 38, 28, North and 18. Yeah. Or one for 54, one for 73, one for 32, none for 12. He he provides balance. He, you know, the all-rounder, and I've been in that boat. You know, I've been selected at times where it's like, oh, but we don't know. But him and Marsh, Marsh together. Is a mistake. It just takes out, it yeah. takes away your balance. Yeah, and the, they'll be ruining that because when you look at, but it's a sign to me that they got away from their plan and flustered. And I think they they were a little bit spooked because mm. you look at their team and you go Duckett, Ali, Stokes, and Anderson and Broad. There's five left handers. So you need someone that's taking the ball away from the left handers. So it brings in Murphy. But I mean, how does Murphy feel? He probably feels like, oh well, they don't back me. Whereas Lyon was almost the first name on, on the card, um, along with a number of those players, and he provided balance. And also, when you're facing the likes of Stark and, and Cummins when they're bowling well, the last thing you want to do is try and miss out when a spinner comes on, so you end up getting out to him. So speaking of balance, let me add the balance now. That was me picking, uh, I had a bone to pick with Australia. Yeah. I uh, just want to praise England. Yeah. You know, 2-0 down, um, you know, huge expectations heading into it. You know, pressure was probably mounting, you know, the... The opinion pieces were getting a little bit stronger. You know, former, former English internationals at, at T calling them disgraces about how they're bold and stuff like that. The, 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 this, is a, this is an impressive bunch to get back in, into this Ashes series. It is. I mean, I, I watched a lot of the highlights um, as well as a few of the, the overs, but when you look at what England have done, they were at 250 runs after 45 overs. Um, then 300 after 51, and then had 350 after 60.4. That's on day two. Um, and then 474.2 overs before the new ball. Um, and so before then, the second new ball's taken, they got 400. And they bring up 500 in under 100 overs. So they, I've got a, I've got a stat here, and Ben Stokes is captain. England have scored at 4.66 runs per over. It's an entire run per over quicker than the next fastest side, which is Steve Waugh's Australia, and we know how dominant they were at 3.66 runs per over. So because they're, they're batting at such a pace... Yeah, people, people don't have memories, aren't they? You know, attacking cricket was never played <laughs> uh, under the last few years. No, listen, I think attacking cricket was played, but not at the heights that we've seen No, now. Th- these are new levels. These are new levels, and it was, it was quite amazing when... Um, Think Except was, when Don Bradman got like 300 in a day. You know. There was no third man and he was just playing it down. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't in the MCC manual. <laughs> but it was, quite, it was quite alarming that Stuart Broad, I thought, one, that he came out and said it because I thought it's almost like a you know, team plan. But the fact that he can confidently say it to the press says, we just approach our innings like a one-day game. And when you think of that mindset and you look at the stats that I just rattled off at the sort of click, it does sound like one-day cricket, you know. You had 50 mm-hmm. overs, you're at 300. And it's, you know, these guys are going at a good pace. Zach Crawley, and you were talking selection. 
I reckon that's the, the other. That's the other uh, point I wanted to raise. This yeah. is the guy okay, raise who's that been given point. a lot of rope, a lot of rope. Um, and I said prior to the series, I would have picked our folks. He would have been my wicketkeeper. He would have taken a few more catches in the first couple of. Uh, but kept Bairstow. Yes, Bairstow would have oh, been okay, my just opener. Bairstow would have been my opener. Yeah. But I think that yeah. I, I, I felt like enough runway given uh, to Crawley. But you know, credit to them; they stuck with their man, and he has paid them back with a yeah. brilliant innings. And one hundred eighty-nine off one hundred eighty-one balls. Yeah, incredible innings. Um, I saw saw a stat there about that. I think it was you know one of the uh, something around being one of the better innings since nineteen eighty-five Ashes. But therein lies the magic of McCullum and selection and having lived. Through that with the black caps, consistency in selection. He backs you. He, he keeps backing. He backs you, and it puts pressure on you to repay the team. But also, you you don't get that feeling like the axe is hanging over your head all the time. If and in most teams, I reckon Zach Crawley would have been dropped. If he was in the Pakistan team, he was gone. There's no way he's making it through the Ashes here. But because you keep backing these players, and you've got this air of, um, okay, well, you know. We back you. We know that you're talented. You're in this team for the long term. You don't have that axe hanging over your head. You go in and you can express yourself. And you're not hauled over the coals for making mistakes, but you're more encouraged to express yourself. The only way that you get dropped is if you don't express yourself. Now, Crawley has gone in, and now he's probably set for you know another 10 test. He's repaid the faith to Brendan McCullum, and they've showed consistency in their side. And it was similar to Martin Guptill. Before 2015 World Cup, the media, everyone was calling for Martin Guptill's head. He was going through a terrible patch. Scored a double hundred in the, the quarterfinals against the West Indies um, at the, the Sky Stadium. It was hitting people out of the Sky Stadium. and It's stadium now at the moment. You're not allowed to say Sky Stadium. Have you noticed they've taken the Sky the off the stadium? Oh, so have you, they? Just, you just drive past Wellington FIFA. Regional Stadium. It's just, just, just a big sign. Stadium. <laughs> Thanks for that. Great. There's a stadium there. Anyway, got sidetracked. Can I get to what's rubbed me the wrong way? Oh, this? Yeah, is it is it cricket? It's, well, it's swinging like, both no, ways. No, well, yeah, it is. You know, no, as far as cricket is concerned. Yeah, it's well, Nathan Lyon. I did have a good chuckle at him. You know, he was re- recalling uh, the the incidents at Lords, right? You know, the, the run out incident. Oh yeah, that led to you know, I heard about unsavory, it. Some unsavory, <laughs> some unsavory uh, moments. Um, here's a quote for, I saw during the week. Everyone was gobsmacked, but found. And hilarious because you walk through the long room and you're more chance of getting sued than punched. That's actually quite a funny line. I wanted to make sure. And I'm a big fan of Nathan Lyon, but he did uh, add this in. I actually had an older lady come up to me in tears. She was an English lady in tears from the main members area. And she said, I've got to go home. I just wanted to apologise to you Australian cricketers for the way everyone has reacted inside Lords. Um, and then Nathan Lyon's response, I just told her, don't worry about it. We're all okay. We're not worried about getting sledged. Oh. Well, I'm not surprised your country for eons have dominated that area, Nathan. And please, don't play the victim card. Don't play the victim card. Now, that's rubbed me the wrong way. But what's really rubbed me the wrong way, this gripping, amazing Asher series is likely to be ruined by weather. Yeah, you, Australia, you mentioned that to me. Australia look like they will retain the ashes because it's going to freaking rain. Yeah, Not for one or two or three days. It seems like it might rain from now up until the start of the next ashes in Manchester. 
the forecast looks horrific. If there is a cricketing god, come on, mate, blow those clouds away. It would be such a shame. No, it would be. You you told me about the weather, and I went straight to uh, the metoffice.gove.uk, and it does, it looks, I was thinking, oh, if it's at 60 or 70%, because the, the fields in England are unbelievable uh, in terms of, you know, the, the curators and the access they've got to tools to keep it dry. But it looks like only at sort of 1 o'clock to around about, you know, 3 o'clock, there's 60% rain. Other, other than that, it's 90% hosing down uh, for the rest of the two days with likely weather to get uh, better on just Monday morning, which is too late. How gutting. It would be because... Because England need to win the series, remember? England need to win the series. And uh, yeah. clearly, I, I think the uh, win predictor has Australia at 0.7% chance of winning the test. Wow. But that just tells you. Uh, it should be 2-2 heading into a decider. 2-2 not... would still be a good result. Like, if they didn't, no, if they got rain, no, it wouldn't be. Wanna we want 2-2. Two, two. It deserves to be 2-2 two, two heading in. Yeah. England have completely outplayed Australia in this test match. Yeah. They, and they do I'm a neutral. I, I, I want um, a decider. Let's move on to some other cricketing news. Grant, we are the home of international cricket. In New Zealand, all black caps and white ferns games will be heard right here on SENZ. Can't wait for that. And the day after that was confirmed, I think on Monday, the home schedule for New Zealand was uh, announced. And what a first summer we have. After a couple of quiet ones, Grant, after a couple of quiet ones, this upcoming summer's a beaut. The word bumper always comes up, doesn't it? Mm. Bumper summer, I saw that. Um, and we've got... The uh, the White Ferns are going to be taking on Pakistan, um, and that's in December. Then the Black Caps take on Bangladesh. They seem to be coming here every year at the moment. That's in December. Um, and then Pakistan once again come. For then, a T20 series, and Pakistan are an excellent T20 side. Very good T20 excellent. team. And then uh, the Black Caps take on South Africa with uh, two tests, one at Tauranga in mm. Bay Oval and then one at Seddon Park and that's in February and then the Black Caps versus Australia. The Trans-Tasman rivals are coming for three T20s and then two tests and Daniel, one of them will be at the Basin Reserve and that's in uh, late February to March um, that series and then it doesn't end there because the White Ferns are going to be taking on England and that goes on through the start of March all the way to uh, the beginning of April. I oh, know, incredible. Longer, later summers we are getting, and then straight after that, the IPL. Cricket, cricket, <laughs> cricket, cricket, cricket. It's oh, everywhere. IPL. Brilliant stuff. Hey, New Zealand named some teams. Yes, I saw the T20 squad was announced, um, and there's a number of names there. There's potential debutants in that squad. Uh, Addy Ashok from Auckland. He's going to be going to the UAE. So they named two squads. The squad's going to the UAE and going He's the to the leggy. You, For those who are unaware. Your flexible wrist is good. Yeah, that's what I was you doing. You leg spin. Yeah, I did. It's not bad, actually. I, I was really good. Really, 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 really good. Do you in, have my, a, in my head. Did you have a flip? No, but I was a New Zealander. So I bowled one over, got hit for two boundaries, and every captain took me off. And that they never gave you a deep square leg? <laughs> no. Oh. They always bowled me the short boundary on the, on the onside. Sure. <laughs> the, another, I'm, not, I'm not bitter. You know, I could have taken 700 test workouts. <laughs> That's how good I was in my head. You would have been New Zealand's <laughs> warning, but you weren't given the, the opportunity. Perception and, and reality to what was going on to my head to what was actually going on. Um, 
never has have two things been further apart, <laughs> like one side of the universe going further and further that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another spinner besides Daniel McCarty that's actually been. Uh, he's not a spinner. He's uh, probably a batting all rounder. And with the the loss of Michael Bracewell and his injury, Dean Foxcroft, former South African, comes in for the UAE. He is a talent. He's an excellent batter. He does look top, like it. Eh? Top run scorer for the T20 Super Smash here uh, last season. And um, yeah, uh, gives it a good lick. Yeah, those are the two potential debutants. And then outside of that, I'm not going to name the whole team, but Carl Jameson was a really interesting. Uh, Reselection. Great to see him back. Awesome. He's had been plagued with injuries. Uh, Jimmy Neesham. It's still much there. quicker than I expected, which much is just quicker. just awesome news, isn't it? Yeah, it was it was sad in a way because he gave up IPL to get right for Test Series. Said he wanted to work on a few technical things, and then got that injury. Um, and that is, you know, when we talk about our aging team and aging bowlers, and someone like uh, um, Trent Bolt who has gone and played in the the mercenary circuit, uh, missing him. Carl Jameson coming in. And don't worry, Trent, he says that with, uh, you know, great affection being, you know, one of New Zealand's finest mercenaries. Yeah, so. I, you know, I don't begrudge him. <laughs> um, and Adam Milne's there, Cole McConkie. There, there's a whole raft of names. You should go and have a look at that squad because it's great that they're also giving people the opportunity to go to UAE um, to have a look at them. So they're growing that squad just uh, leading into the World Cup. Do you know what we haven't played in a number of weeks? What's that? And we need, we need some dramatic music for this. Um, Joe, stop pestering that person on... Uh, you know. Yeah, here we go. It's time for another exciting edition of everyone's favourite cricketing game. Love and adore around the world. Making this up on the spot. It's Grand Elliot's current, but very likely to change, and often World Cup 11. All right. You have not updated it since oh. Michael Brace... You have not updated it since Michael Bracewell's injury. Yes. So, let's have another game of Grant Elliott's current, but very likely to change, and often, between now and the Cricket World Cup, World Cup 11. All right, your last 11, which wasn't an 11. Joe, he can't even pick a team. He's got brackets everywhere. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he has Young and Allen bracketed. Conway, Mitchell at three, Phillips at four, Latham at five, Nisham and Bracewell bracketed. Santner, Sodi and Southey bracketed Ferguson, Henry and Bolt. All right. We can now, very unfortunately, have to take Michael Bracewell out of that equation, don't we? Yeah, no, Michael Bracewell's out. But at least we got in before Kane's injury. So um, I would say uh, Will Young is ahead of Finn Allen at the moment after Pakistan. And that run out in Major League Cricket. What's that? <laughs> did you see the run out? Oh, I did see the <laughs> run out. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, for those that didn't see it, Finn Allen was just sort of coasting, and then someone picked up the ball at mid-wicket. He just sort of bunted it into mid-wicket for a one. Walked. And then walked, and then suddenly someone picked it up and was about to throw it at the stump, so he started speeding up, and then put his bat, which stuck Back into the, the field, and then he was cut short. Which, yeah. I, I, I'm such a terrible person. Oh, how I laughed. Why did you? Said, that is just funny. Someone's trying to be cute and, you know, you know, not doing the fundamentals, and then gets caught out. Well, what I loved was whenever... Run we... hard. <laughs> run the first hard, Grant. Were you ever told that as a kid? Run hard. Run, run the first one hard. <laughs> but also, we used to play at Eden Park, and Craig McMillan, we'd have this huge team talk about, you know, the specifics of the game, and we would always nudge each other, and we'd go, wait for it, wait for it, here it comes. <laughs> and then Macca would go, 
just at Eden Park, just run on the pitch, okay? I don't want you to slide your bat and get it stuck in the outfield. <laughs> we used to say it every time. Every time. And okay. someone used to do it every time yeah. as well. Okay, so you got Young, Conway, Mitchell still at three? Yep. Phillips at four, Latham at five? Yes. Okay, six, seven, and eight, I think, become quite fascinating. Well, I actually think that uh, instead of Bracewell, I actually think Dean Foxcroft comes in. So Nisham, Nisham and uh, Foxcroft. Oh, still a bracket? Yeah, we, we yeah. know. Yeah, you love it. Well, the, the reason why it's wow. a bracket, Daniel, and that, that, uh, what I've given you there is I've given you a squad of almost 15, so I've given you the World Cup squad, is the reason why it's bracketed is because... Yes. There might be pitches in India in the subcontinent where it's going to be spin conducive and you have to look at almost playing three spinners um, and not pace. So that may, so that's why the, the Saudi-Saudi bracket, that, yes. that, that is horses for courses. Totally. And then Fo- Foxcross gives you yeah, another option as off-spin um, because you don't have someone going away from the left-handers, you see. So Foxcroft provides that opportunity. Um the other one that comes into it now is because he's going to the uh, UAE in England is Carl Jameson. So Carl Jameson will have to. I didn't know what he was going to be like injury-wise leading up to the World Cup. That's why we call it likely to change the and like, often. Yeah, and often. I mean, you know, 18 months out was always going to be a tough um, proposition. There's no me. consistency in your selection. There's no friend of McCallum, is there? No, but I'm sticking with these guys no matter what. Yeah, but there's been injuries, I think. I've got to make some excuses. So I think Kyle Jamison does come into it. Um, you can't... Matt Henry's in. He's, Matt Henry is a dead cert. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that there's only a couple of changes in there. Foxcroft and uh, Will Young, uh, I reckon, definite. And Will Young's going on this T20 yeah. uh, squad tour as well. He's going to the UAE, which does suggest to me there's a little flag there saying that they just want to give him white ball experience because he was always test cricketer remember Hmm. went to pakistan and they gave him a lot of opportunity to open um and what that does do is it changes the game plan for gary stead do you go hard up front or do you actually have more consolidation and play less batters so you can play the extra bowler and i had that discussion with gary stead so that's something that they are potentially looking at uh, changing, whereas New Zealand's always picked all-rounder. So it would be play the extra bowler, more impact, but then playing more your sort of, I guess, test batters, more secure batters, the ones that can play spin as well. And uh, Grant, let's finish off with a quick question. You've only got about a minute, though, to, to do this. Grant, why is it that world-class batsman, this is from Dean, great question, why does a world-class batsman can't handle that extra five-mile-an-hour um, that the woods of the world bring is essentially the question. Just less time. Uh, you've got less time to make a decision, but also a lot of the time they'll push you back. So they fluster you. You can't get into your batting routine, which is generally going towards the bowler. Sometimes because of that extra pace, they'll push you yeah. back, which means your foot movement is limited. You're, you make mistakes. You're more likely to miss the ball and get hurt too. Yeah. I mean, nothing is... The, as pain, fa- fa- the pain factor is a thing. Yeah. No one likes getting hurt. And I think that that's a huge difference between the men and women's game. Um, in a men's game, you know, you do actually bat with a lot of fear, whereas in the women's game, you know, they're not they're not facing anything over that 120 mark. Um, and in the men's game, that can be a, a source of anxiety. I know there's sometimes when I've gone in there and I'm like, Gee, I, <laughs> you have to be really focused um, and, and be in that subconscious mindset. So Dino... You don't have a lot of time, and there is a little bit of panic sometimes when you're facing rockets like uh, Mark Woods letting down. 
That was our Rosine cricketing segment for this week, affectionately. Lovingly known as Swinging Both Ways. Rosine, for expert paint and colour advice. 24 minutes away from 12, we talk the NRL on the Warriors win last night after this. Oh, 20 minutes away from 12 o'clock. In fact, 19 minutes away. So it's ticked uh, over to 19 minutes away from 12. This is the Saturday session. He's Grant Elliott. I'm Daniel McCarty. Jokes by Joe is producing our guest star uh, for the week and doing a brilliant job, it has to be said. Great to have you, uh, Joe. Uh, we are thrilled to talk at the NRL right now. And why not? What a great night for Warriors Nation, peeps. Okay, minutes 79 through to 80. Probably not great. Probably not great as they gave up a 10-point lead. Game goes to Golden Point. Sean Johnson nails it. They beat the Raiders 21 points to 20. Also last night, it was the Broncos, 36 points to 20 winners over the Rabbitohs. The Broncos, the top of the Pops, uh, while the Rabbitohs sink to eighth on the ladder. The Warriors currently in third position. We welcome into the show a man who has played 174 games in the NRL, including 54, the Warriors, great friend of SCNZ, great to have him back on this show. Blake Ashford joins us. It's been too long, Blake. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing quite well. Thanks, fellas. It has been a while, um, but, you know, no better time to come on than after Warriors win. Absolutely. Mate, how crazy was that end to the game? Let's not bury the lead. Let's not talk about this 78 minutes prior. We'll get on to that, but those last couple of minutes, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? I really felt like an actual true Warriors fan for all the years before this when, um, you know, obviously when I was playing, we weren't too good and things. And, you know, even if we were leading, we'd always give it up. So there was a lot of cursing at the TV. Um, but, look, in the end, this is a different team. And it was good to see them win like that because they've been absolutely toweling teams up. So to see them win a close one, um, the Prince of Penrose, you know, dotted over the one-pointer. Um did fill me with a bit more confidence at the end, but like we said, those two minutes are very intense. Was it a case of the Warriors doing things wrong, or did the Raiders just have one of those, you know, periods, two-minute periods, that, you know, individual brilliance? You know, how, how they were able to get those two tries in, what, essentially 58 seconds of play? Well, if you, you look at the tries, really, for the Raiders all all game really it was like well, the first one was off a, a Warriors error and then the others were off contested kicks well the other two were off contested kicks so you know they're 50-50 but that last one look the Warriors will look at that had a look at it before it's just simple defensive reads one person just turned shoulders in and that's how simple it is in the NRL it's um, you know little fine details and the Warriors will look at that and um, correct that they know what they did wrong um, but Look, the way they fought back and put in the game and, you know, just to bounce back after, you know, leading by 10, but then just to flick a switch as soon as it's golden point team. Uh, like I said, I, I, it just gives you that, that sort of hope, that sort of confidence that this team's a bit different. They're, they're resilient. Hey, Blake, it's Grant Elliott here. Great to have you, you on the show. Um, the, I guess the, those first two tries from the Raiders, just mistakes from the Warriors. It was a little bit sloppy then, but as you said, they, they recovered well. They did. And, you know, you go back to, I thought the, the Raiders had maybe 40 tackles in a row on the Warriors line. They just got a repeat set, a set of six, a set restart. And the boys just defended the line perfectly until I think it was a 50-50 kick in the air and Rapana just out-jumped um, Montoya. 
but like the defence that they're showing this year, it shows in their for and against. It shows even in their losses that they're not really getting blown out in the, the games they have lost this year. Um, and the way they are winning, they're keeping teams to a low score. So for me, it's, yes, the attack, it's what we all love to see. You know, Shawnee skipping overs, Dallin jumping in the air, the forwards, you know, busting through the middle. But for me, the difference in this team this year is just the, the goal line defense and the, the defense throughout the whole 80 minutes. What's changed then? Well, why do you think that that's looking so good for the Warriors? I believe it's um, the the trust the coaches put in them, um, the coaching staff has put in them, the place, the environment they're in at the moment. They've got everyone believing. Look, it, it's funny to say that a coach can make that much difference, but when you want to work for someone, when you believe in someone, and you know someone has trust in you at a higher level, um, it does make you work a lot harder. And uh, I, I believe that's the thing. They all know their role. They're keeping it simple. They're all working for each other and working for the coaches. Um, it's as simple as that to me. Sean Johnson, you know, what are you seeing from him this year? Is it just the fact that he's got, you know, 200-plus games for the club, you know, well beyond that when you're adding his time away from the Warriors, that he's just got so much experience that he's seen everything? Or is it... Or do you just see a player, as I've opined earlier on the show, uh, Blake, he just looks really happy with life, doesn't he? And I, I just think when you're, you know, when, when everything's humming on and off the park, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and it's right, mate. Like, I'll go back to the, the coaching, putting trust in them. It's also the players being happy. Um, you know, people do read comments on and off the field. Media does get the players. Um, you know, all players have been through it. It's just how you handle it and Look, he's, it feels like nothing will face Sean this year. Um, in every game and every opportunity, he's stepped up, um, been better than most of the other years we've seen him. This is even, I believe, better than when he first came on the scene and took him to the GF. I think he's playing career-best footy because he's managed that game. He's still got his flair. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, it's not the same. But he's still got it there, and he's managing the game. He's kicking games so much better. And like you said, he's yes, happy. that is true. A happy, a happy yeah. footballer, a happy person is going to, no matter what they do in life, they're going to be good at it if they're happy and enjoy what they're doing. So uh, I keep, uh, I hope he keeps going. The Prince, I know everyone's calling him the Prince now. He must love it. <laughs> Are the Warriors a dry weather team, if you know what I mean? They seem to struggle in yep. wet conditions. Is that a concern? Yeah, so I was concerned last night before the game. Um, I didn't want it to rain. Look, the the record, you know, you look at a horse and, you know, the heavy track and if it's a good track, you know, they've got their differences. Um, it sort of seems like that this year with the Warriors. Well, you know, bucketing down with rain. But last night it was dewy and they still seem to get along with it um, just fine. I just think the rain, you know, we haven't seen them perform yet. That's why in the rain. So that's why I think, Everyone's second-guessing. Let's hope it's uh, sunny throughout all the semifinals. Um, and I think, hey, why not? We might see them there in the GF on a sunny day. Hey, Blake, I'm coming from a cricketing mindset here. I'm learning a lot of league stuff here from uh, my mate Daniel McCarty um, and become a Warriors fan. I don't know if I was forced into a corner about that, but I am a Warriors fan now. Um, <laughs> yeah. What? 
What, what stats now? I'm looking on the NRL uh, table here and um, site. Like, what stats should I be looking at? Because it's a cricket thing now. And I'm thinking, you know, there's attacking like line, line breaks. Engaged. And line well, engaged. What does that mean? But well, what are the significant ones I should be looking at that I think, okay, well, this should relate to a top team? Yeah, Wade Egan making 55 tackles. That's the type of stats I love. Yeah, you you look at you can look at the tackles compared to missed tackles through teams. A, a big one, really, which most teams look at is completion rate. Um, now, if you look at the completion rate, I believe the Warriors would be up in the upper echelon of the NRL at the moment. I'm not too sure. I haven't looked at it myself, but that's a big one because if you can hold the ball for a long time, um, you most of the time you're going to get down there, score some tries or win the game and wear the other team out. So completion rate's a big one. Um, you looked at the second game last night, the uh, Bunnies and the Broncos. That was a horrific game. So much drop ball and two of the teams was just begging someone just to hold the ball and win the game. So, mate, I know the NRL teams really look at completion rate. That's one of the main things on the tip sheet every week. So look at that and I think you'll be fine. Well, I see the Panthers are number one on that, Grant. The Panthers yeah, go all right, don't they? Sense. <laughs> yeah. The Panthers go all right. Blake, treat to hear your voice again. Thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, can't wait to see how this uh, season concludes. This ride's going to be one heck of one. Do appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. All good. Have a good day, lads. We will, lad. Nearly five minutes away from 12 o'clock. Let's power through a couple of texts before we get to our last break and then into sporting headlines. Morena Gents, Football Ferns, Eden Park. We were hoping for a draw. Blessed with a win. Lost never on the cards. Also, great was when Johnson, the key, need to protect him from injury. He may be target for foul play, question mark, writes Andrew. Uh, this is a lovely little message, no name attached to it, who uh, just says, Grant, we need to re- refer to the castle regarding the last sporting week. Everybody's kicked a goal. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, from Damo, he writes, uh, mate, I celebrate when the missus lets me play a game of golf, let alone when I get a hole in one. Very, very good. And Dean got back to you about not being able to handle fast bowlers. He said, uh, uh, Grant, that's exactly what I thought you would say. But, mate, it's your job <laughs> to face 150 clicks. Jeez. You know, you got point four of a second to face it. You have all day to learn, he said. I'm you know, pleased England have word as much as I can't stand the Poms. I hate cheats more. Smith and Warner, for example. Do you know what we should do? I know we have the Grant Elliott Challenge Series. I think we need to fly Dean up, get him to a bowling machine, and crank it up to 150. That's a great idea. Dino, text in. We'll get you up here. Yeah. Get you facing 150 clicks. It's not fun, is it? Oh, it's not fun. Oh, you've got yeah. to get really be in that. It's amazing the difference between 130 and 150. Huge. Ooh. Oh, keep it rocking, mate. Just keep it rocking. Saturday session, party mode. We're in, we've hit the final hour. Go into the final hour. Going into the afternoon, one minute after 12 o'clock. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well. He's Grant Elliott.
I am. Grant Elliott. Daniel McCarty. Jokes by Joe is with us, our special guest star. It's flown by today. It's absolutely flown by today, hasn't must it, be, Daniel? Must be the producer. Yeah, and we've had the producer's been outstanding, great music. You've produced some absolute gems have today. I? Yeah, you have. We spoke about the Grand Slam. Did you call it the Grand Slam? Yeah, I want to know Park. who's done the Eden Park Grand Slam. And there's no one. Someone's got three, three out, out of the four. We still have yet to find someone who's completed the Eden Park Grand Slam. What are we talking about here? So, I mean, what? someone who has attended as a fan. Thursday night, Football Ferns. They've Women's World Cup. Women's Rugby World Cup final. Last year. Ruby Tui. 2015 Cricket World Cup semi-final. And 2011 Rugby World Cup final. Special moments. All at Eden Park. There's got to be someone who's been to all four. I threw in Ed Sheeran as well, just because I know that that was a spectacle. But you threw it out. You didn't even, you didn't even acknowledge it. Well, I know it's not a sporting event, but it's an entertainment event. But there's not five Grand Slam events a year, is there? Come I'll tell on, you who wouldn't have been there. On, Ed, Helen Clark wouldn't oh, have been at Ed no, Sheeran. No, 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 no. Uh, if you know someone, or you are that person... Who has completed what we're calling the Eden Park Grand Slam? We want to hear from you. Or you know someone, give them a call yeah. and tell them to phone it. Because yeah, we want to hear what, what it was like, what the atmosphere was like. Now, we did hear from someone that has been to um, the 2015 Kane Williamson Six as well, which I was, I was there for that. That was unbelievable. Talk about golden bollocks. Nine wickets <laughs> down, six <laughs> runs to win, and he just launches... Was it Cummins? I think he smoked Cummins yeah, over it on. I think you're right. While Glenn was. Maxwell was indicating a choking <coughs> sound, uh, or a choking, uh, what's that well, called? Yeah, choking. Yeah. Choking the choking sign. But like, but like the current the Australian fans. cricket team, choking during the Ashes. Yeah, well, will they? Saved by the weather. Yeah, just the way you, you'd wouldn't want to retain the Ashes, right, Australia? The moral Ashes going to the to the English. Maybe. I don't think they'll. Speaking they'll of English, let's uh, update the Open Championship part of our. Uh, latest in sports headlines at the top okay, of the hour. Bob. I, I, I'll give you the, the... This is how the uh, the BBC have framed a man leading the British Open by five shots. Okay, an American. Yeah. This is how they're framed at the BBC. England's Tommy Fleetwood is Brian Harmon's closest challenger after the American hit a sensational six under par 65. But I don't care about the guy who's second. I care about the guy who's leading. He's five, five shots five behind. Five shots ahead. <laughs> Come on, the beeb. <laughs> the beeb. <laughs> so, yeah, Brian Harmon shot six under today. He's minus 10 after two rounds. He heads into the weekend with a five-stroke lead over the aforementioned Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, Fleetwood was even par four today. Who else is in the mix? Well, uh, Ryan Fox um, will be playing the weekend. Um, he just made the cut by one stroke. Really good round. Uh, today, after a horrendous seven over par in the first round. But he has snuck in. Excellent stuff. Just inside the cut line at minus three. Uh, Ryan Fox shooting a four under. Uh, but still, obviously, 13 strokes back. Closer to Harmon. Fleetwood, number two, at five under. Uh, Straker, the Austrian, is minus four. And then you've got a group, I think, of three golfers, including um, a couple of Australians in Lee and Day. Uh, alongside uh, Sharma of India. There you have it. There is your top six at the Open Championship. Uh, Kylian Mbappe has been left out of Paris Saint-Germain's squad for their pre-season tour of Japan and South Korea. The club's all-time leading goal scorer uh, is refusing to sign a year's extension on his contract. 
uh, which ends next summer. PSG therefore want to sell the French forward now and secure a transfer fee rather than let him go for nothing. However, Mbappe says uh, he wants to remain at PSG for one more year before leaving, mainly because he wants to sign as a free agent. So they can look to sell him, but if you agree terms with uh, the club that look to buy him, who knows? This this is messy. Um, and I must, I'm must i getting a little bit annoyed with Kylian Mbappe. Can he just start playing? Lionel Messi. What about him? No, you're saying it's Messi. Did I say Messi? It is yeah, Messi. it's Lionel. Yeah, it, it's Messi. It's yeah. Mbappe. Yeah. Mbappe. It's getting Mbappe. really messy. Yeah, it is getting messy with Mbappe, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, the Warriors last night, 21 points to 20, thanks to Sean Johnson's uh, golden point field goal. Uh, sees them head into the row, uh, the bye in the NRL with another win. Uh, beating the Raiders in a tight one last night. And Australia will start next uh, Ashes. 162 runs behind with only six wickets remaining in their second innings. Uh, they finished at 113 for four last night. Mark Wood, three for 17. Lovis Kakni, 44. Not out. Rain in the forecast. <laughs> you, you're almost willing it to rain. No, I don't saying want it, it to rain. But you're scared that it's going to rain. No, I'll yeah. be... Really disappointed. Yeah, really no. disappointed. It's been such a good series, Grant. This is the only truly lopsided game, as it stands, mm. and it's still not over, of course. No, they always fight back, the Australians, yeah, don't they? Always. Same. Never trust an Australian cricketer. <laughs> that is a compliment. Well, that is a compliment. Now, are we at what's rubbed me the wrong way? Shortly. Shortly. I just got, thought that, you know, got, after no, we, football no. stories, I've got something football that's just... Yeah, I, I, I'm really keen to hear your one. It's quite funny. I, 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 I've peered over and seen what you've jotted down. Uh, but we're going to talk football. We've got to get to a form of football fern. Football fern, great. Uh, after this break, Maya Jackman is going to join us. Talk about Thursday night. Talk about the tournament. Can't wait to catch up with her after this very short break. And still had a player over. New Zealand right wing side. Ball's played into hand. Hand goes... Fast forward, great pace, ball in, and a Wilkinson's there, she scores! New Zealand are on top! Hannah Wilkinson, it had to be Hannah! Hannah Wilkinson indeed on Thursday night, etching her name into folklore, one goal to nil, New Zealand winning their first ever Women's World Cup match, our first ever World Cup match at any World Cup. Senior World Cup. The Wilkinson Sword. The Wilkinson Sword. She should change her name and get Wilkinson Sword as a sponsor. Imagine the sponsorship. Change it by... uh, Yeah, Hannah Wilkinson Sword. (laughs) Uh, An amazing night uh, that's captivated uh, New Zealand, not just the football community. Uh, We are thrilled to welcome and to reflect on and look at the tournament. Only the superstars of New Zealand football join us on the show. Maureen Jacobson last week, absolute legend. I've got another legend joining us who I think played for New Zealand maybe for 16, 17 years. Uh, led with distinction, uh, superb player, and is probably having the time of her life. Maya Jackman, thanks so much for dropping by. Maya, how you doing? Oh, I'm buzzing. I am having the time of my life. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night, you know, a couple of days on, um, my heart was pounding, my head was spinning. I didn't want it to finish. What was li- what was that like for you? Um, who, who have served this team so well over so long. I, I, I love to hear the emotional roller coaster you had. Oh, man, um, just listening to that footage just now of Hannah scoring, I was getting teary. So I've been crying for, how the, what, three days now? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, in, in the moment, um, 
look, to be honest, we were up in the the, v, the VVIP and we were all inside watching uh, a Māori performance and that had finished and we were sort of milling and then someone's like, she scored, so we missed it. Actually, oh, no. <laughs> missed it live. And we ran out. I had a bow bun in my hand that went flying. My daughter was dragged out by her hand. My poi went flying. I, missed it. I lost a poi and then we were out. We were trying to see what was happening and the replay didn't happen for ages. We just saw them... Oh, man. And we were just, what just happened? And we looked at the scoreboard and it's 1-0. And we're like, no way. And it was just, oh, my God. And then, um, yeah, so that was our intro into the score. We didn't even know it happened. But, yeah, unreal. Like, it, you know, the, the crowd was electric, wasn't it, at that 1-0 moment. And we just managed to get in there at the end and, and join in. But, oh, my God, amazing. Oh, Maya, I can hear the excitement in your voice. It's great to have you on the show. Where were you sitting? And tell me, when the goal was scored, did it feel like, did you feel the shocks going through the stadium? Was it sort of, you know, like an earthquake? Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like I said, we were sitting inside, so we missed it, but we we managed to join the earthquake. Yeah, it was, it was you know, you hear, you hear the words electric, and, and you kind of go, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but now, man, I know what electric is, because sometimes in those moments, it's not, the team you used to play for, it's not the team that's been trying for six, you know, 30 years to to score in a World Cup and win a World Cup game. It's, that's electric. That's how much it means to the to the New Zealand footballing community, to the girls that used to play, to the girls that are playing, uh, and then the and then the, just the, the general community that came here to support the girls. I think there's a lot of footballing converts in this in this country now. Like I had a lot of friends who are rugby, 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 and they're texting me going, "We're converts, we're converts." After seeing that game, because boy, did they play out of their skins. Like we were just saying, we, we, "What what's going on? <laughs> this is like a team we've not seen before." <laughs> well, I, I think I said that in our post-match video um, after our commentary. Where on earth did that come from? I I, I was at a loss. I. You know, very experienced group of players um, across the park. You know, we've got players at their fifth World Cup, which is mind-boggling. Um, absolutely mind-boggling, isn't it? But uh, the, oh, the previous yeah. nine games, they hadn't really shown their, anywhere near their best. And up against the side, similar boat Norway. They haven't had a great 12 months, 18 months. That That's fair. But there's Barcelona players, Bayern Munich players, uh, Manchester United players. Ballon d'Or winner up top in Hegerberg. They had so much quality. But New Zealand were the better, the, the better team over the course of the game. This was no smash and grab job, was it? The best team no, won on the night. The, yeah, they, they had them by the skin right from the get-go. I mean, it took 70 minutes for Norway to really get into it. And, uh, you know, the first 45 minutes, we were like, you know, they're, they're intense. They're, their intensity, their passion, their... They're, the way they're playing, can they keep it up for another 45? And and they did. Um, and look, uh, they've had three months solid together. They've been able to gel. They've they've got Rhea Percival back. They've got Rebecca Stott back. They've got CJ Bott back. They've got all their, you know, key players back. And we haven't really had them across the last, you know, nine months or nine games. You know, we, we've had, uh, Yitka's had to sort of um, move players around and, and do different things. And, and now you've got these girls... Um, you know, integral girls, Rhea Percival back. And um, and then you've got the 12th woman behind them. That crowd was amazing. And you've got mm. this intense belief that they have in themselves at the moment. And I think that uh, Turner win against Vietnam. Yes, it's Vietnam, but they 
they put on a performance that they they then can go, you know what, we can do this, we can believe. And they've been talking about belief, that's the thing they've been talking about. They want to be, uh, you know, a lot of their posts are like, we did it for the players before us and we want to inspire the players that will come after us. And that's always been what they want to be remembered for. And you come out on a home pitch, 42-odd thousand crowd, that's what they're, you know, that, that pushed them as well. Maya, you mentioned that they want to uh, inspire, and I think that that's a really healthy place to come from at the start of a tournament where you're looking to to inspire the youth and make a difference, and it's on our home turf, and it's not so much about the results. However, we win the first game, and now the, how difficult is it to not look towards, well, let's try and look at qualifying and not talking about the results but talking about that wholesome start that they've had to keep that energy and intensity going? Yeah, I mean, they will will have celebrated that win like you can't even believe. Um, I was down in the dressing room <laughs> with them and it was party central, you know, like it was it was amazing. They were just, it was party central with a, with a knowing that, you know, we've got, a, we've got jobs to do. Um, but they just made history and they, and they, they it was just a, a feeling of utter relief as well. Um, along with elation, but they know what they have to do. They've got two more games. They've set themselves up really well to potentially top this group. So they will know that Philippines, although they beat them 18 months ago, they know they're not the same team that they they met 18 months ago. The Philippines have done really well in that last 18 months. They've really come up the ladder in the rankings. So that's just the next job, but they will want to play the same brand of football. Um, They will have ways that they will have um, to play against Philippines, different to the Norway team, but they will want to say, play the same brand of football with the same energy and the same passion and the same belief. So, And to carry on inspiring, because that is their biggest drive. They want to inspire, and boy, did they what? That they did. Uh, I'm glad you raised the Philippines. Up next Tuesday in Wellington, uh, the Philippines are a different beast uh, under Alan Stanchich, of course, the former Australian women's coach. He, he's dragged it. He's found a few uh, Australians who have Filipino connections, so they've been bolstered mm-hmm. by players who have a lot of A-League women's experience. Uh, they're not going to be a pushover. I, I thought they looked decent, and I'm not sure, Mai, if you actually saw the game uh, yesterday between the Philippines and Switzerland. I thought they looked okay in the first 15, 20 minutes, but then the, the real car, class and calibre of Switzerland did take over. Is that a fair sort of assessment of the game? And that maybe New Zealand yeah. shouldn't hold too many fears? Yeah, I mean, I did see the game, and I was, uh, and I thought, you know, look, if the girls come out like they did against Norway, I've, I feel like we do, you know, we, we can do this. And, and this is the game that everyone spoke about, maybe this is the one we can get. Um, but we've already got that, and so what can they do now to get to that next level to carry on that winning streak? And, yeah, they, they, they defend really well. They're very compact, and, um, you know, Stadge, you know, he, took, he had the Australian team for a long time, and he knows how to organise the team, and they were, they were very well organised, but you know, their, their final passes weren't getting where they wanted to. They were losing the ball, and the Swiss had a had a better passing had a best, better passing um, game as well. And so, when you're chasing that, when you're chasing those passes and you're losing the ball, that's when your fitness really shows out. So, if we can do what we did on uh, Thursday with them and just just battle them down and and um, and tire them out, then then you know, I'm I'm sure we can win that one too. One of the very best to lace them up for the football ferns by Jackman uh, is with us as we're reflecting on an amazing opening to the tournament. 
Uh, Spain looked okay last night. Could, could you imagine yourself sliding into, you know, you know playing behind that sort of midfield? That, that would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Oh, God, what could they? You know, Costa Rica, credit to them, man. They just they, they bought their A game in the second half and just blocked them out. But um, that's, a, that's a decent outfit, isn't it? They just, uh, they're a very good passing team. They short passes. I, I can't remember the stats on the passing, but it was off the chart. Something like 350 passes to Costa Rica's 50. Um, yeah, it was, so, yeah, a, it was amazing. Not sure I can make that team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that Bon Marti, oh my lord! Uh, uh, for those who who don't know the women's, Bon Marti, the midfielder of ba- uh, Barcelona and Spain, is just majestic. You look at that little flick back heel almost yeah. to le- that led to the first goal, um, and then that incredible turn inside the area. That they are they are littered with class players, but whether or not they win it, well, I don't think they're in many people's sort of top three. It just shows the at the top end, Maya. The cl- there's so much quality now. There is so much quality right across these uh, squads right at the pointy end. Oh, yeah, that, uh, you know, that top-tier group, the, the 1 to 10 that they talk about, I mean, those are next level. Um, and, and that's what I keep saying to people. I, I said, you've got these amazing teams in your own country. Go and, go and have a look because you will be blown away at the skill set, the athleticism of these women. And I was talking to a... Um, I, I work at a school, Mount Albert Grammar, and I was uh, talking to one of the teachers there, and he said, "Oh, I saw, um, I saw England. Uh, you know, they play like they play like men." I was like, "Excuse me, they play like bloody great women playing playing football." <laughs> but I think he meant, you know, the way they move the ball um, is a lot is a lot more, you know, slick and quick, and you know, just 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 really really good quality. So. Yeah, but don't tell me that they play like men. I'll give you a punch. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so it's, it's football, you know. Like they're playing football and they're playing football bloody yeah. well. Mm. Uh, Maya, uh, lastly, I mean, you've had, you've had a, a really colourful and uh, well decorated career. But does this fall uh, inside some of the great memories you've had of your own career, um, sitting on the sidelines and watching? the football ferns, knowing that you've contributed in some sort of way to them getting to, to where they currently are? Oh, yeah. I mean, that Thursday night, I I can't even explain how. I mean, my daughter was standing next to me, and she was in tears. And I'll tell you why, because she's never seen her mum lose her shit so much. <laughs> she's like, what is wrong with my mum? Like, because normally I'm pretty calm. <laughs> but she is like, what? What, and my partner was like giving her a hug. It's okay, mum's just really excited. <laughs> mum's I mean, not I crazy. Feeling... She's all right. <laughs> mum's not crazy. Not... Yeah, she's like, I'm... and uh, yeah, my daughter was like, mum, I thought there was something wrong with you. And I was like, no, everything's right. There's nothing wrong with me. But yeah, she's never seen me that, that excited. And, you know, as a player, you have to be, you know, composed and collected. And, and all through my career, mm. that's what you do when you're on the field. But when you're off the field and you experience history and you experience something that you tried to do and you couldn't, but you know you were paving the way for something, you know, bigger. And, and that's yeah. what, and that's what it, it is. It's like, well, we were part of something. Not that you knew it at the time, but you were part of something. You were paving something. And we were doing lots of little things um, when we were playing to try and make things better, to try and move the game in the, in the women's favour to get things for us that we didn't have. And we've been doing, we've just been chipping away, chipping away, um, still chipping away. But um, to see that moment and to know that 
that, that you had a part of that and that you wore that hat at one point and that those girls are out there playing for you because that's what they said Brilliant. to us. We're doing this Brilliant. for you and we're doing it for Brilliant. the next generation. And, and, and it's just so heartwarming and so exciting and knowing that that moment has probably changed the course of football for women in this country for the, forever. Brilliant stuff. Amazing. Awesome to chat to you, Maya. Hopefully we can do it again as the tournament rolls on. Keep your phone on. We'll continue to best you and hopefully have the time of our lives. Thanks so much for joining us today. No worries. And uh, like I said, I, I think I spoke to you on the phone and I said I can't wait for those what the shivers moments, <laughs> those results. <laughs> that was no <laughs> one of them. What the heck? <laughs> that, was, that was one of them. What, yeah. So good. Brilliant stuff, Maya. Thanks, Thanks so Maya. much. Bang on, half past 12. This is the Saturday session. We'll catch up with Clado and crew shortly to find out what they've got um, in store for us. The good oil this afternoon. The sporting tips we should probably run a mile from. Thanks again to Maya Jackman for joining us. We had to uh, leave at a particular time to sync up because our uh, Women's Football World Cup coverage uh, continues. A uh, full board of games today, Mr Grant Elliott. Uh, for the uninitiated, let's tell you, uh, the United States are taking on Vietnam uh, in about 30 minutes. Uh, many people's favourites to win the World Cup, the United States. They are the two-time defending champions, and they take on Vietnam at 1 o'clock our time. It's a little bit unfair on Vietnam. Um, Kick-off, 1 o'clock, or 1,300? Oh, my word. 13 dot, dot, zero, zero. Oh, my word. 1,300? Do you know? Do you know what, what day is that? You know, today, today. Today. That's all right. No, no, hold like on, that. hold on, hold on. United States and Vietnam met four years ago at the World Cup. Do you know what the score was? No. Thirteen nil. Okay. And now they're playing at thirteen hundred. <laughs> four years later. Do you think that they've well, the, done it on purpose? Well, the Vietnamese will be thinking that, won't they? And on the on no, the we go, scoreboard, what? it we're won't be one. Thirteen hundred. Four years after being beaten, thirteen nil. Well, if they have the clock on the clock, it says thirteen hundred. Yeah. Rather than 1 p.m. No, but it still looks like 13-0, doesn't it? Yeah, It course. still looks like 13. When you look up, it's 13 mil already. We haven't kicked off. Is this the second leg? Shell-shocked already. Down 13 goals. We haven't kicked the ball. No, that's the time, you moron. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh. yeah, the United States are taking on uh, Vietnam in 29 minutes' time. Zambia take on Japan later this evening, Grant. Uh, Vietnam take on United States, Zambia take on uh, Zambia, Japan, and wedged in between, no, and then after that, so that's 7 o'clock tonight, Zambia taking on Japan. Uh, England take on Haiti. Uh, Haiti, who were really good in that qualification tournament, but this is a massive step up against the European champions. I know England aren't the side of 2022 when they won the Euros. They've had a string of injuries. Um you know, some really big-time players are unavailable. But England should top their group, should probably beat Haiti. And uh, I would not be surprised if England can make it through the semifinals. I'm not sure with those injuries, they've got the depth to win it all. The United States, I still think, can overcome those injuries because they've got a few themselves. I still think they have strength and depth all the, to make it all the way through to the final. In fact, that's what I've exactly predicted um, on our website uh, with our other football ex- experts, or our actual football experts, I should probably say, I've tipped uh, Germany and the United States to meet in the final, and I'm uh, tipping the Germans, who lost to England in the final of the European Championships, to use that, to use that sort of disappointment to, to motivate themselves. I think they've got a you know pretty stable squad, injuries haven't too much, and 
with Alexandra Pop, who I think is going to win the uh, um, golden ball at this tournament. They've got a player who can win you games up front in any style. Uh, you can just get it launched, and Alexandra Pop will throw people around and find a way to score a goal. So that's how I see the, the longer tournaments out playing. But Zambia, Japan, if there is if there's another game where I thought we could have a repeat of Thursday and a huge ball, ball over, um, the, the, the what, the expletive moments, um, I think Maya Jackman was kind of thinking about in her head, that Zambian side, they're high-powered. They can score goals. Barbara Bander is an amazing player. The Bandit. Yeah, Barbara Bander. There, oh, there's Bander. A few, I thought you yeah. said Bandit. No, no she plays <laughs> like a Bandit. Um, incredible player. Um, Zambia are going to be real fun. They beat Germany in a warm-up game. They're ranked 77th in the world. Oh, wow. And they beat Germany. Cool. Three goals to two in a warm-up game and, and a strong German side. Zambia have goals in them. I'm not sure defensively they're going to be mm. sound, but, uh, you know, I... I if there's a side who could, you know, feature in th- four three games, Zambia's the one I- I'd keep an eye out. Um, they're going to be really interesting tonight. So that's the draw for today. Uh, reminder, uh, on Tuesday, New Zealand are taking on the Philippines. It's an earlier kickoff, everyone. 5.30. 5.30, if I'm not mistaken. It's a nice time. Yeah. Let's get to Craig, who writes in on double eight double three on the temper and be post text machine. Do you know what's rubbed me the wrong way is the Wellington crowd booing the Spanish player when she was scythed to the ground winning a penalty. Women don't dive! Exclamation point. Craig, it was a dive. Absolute dive. Absolute dive. There might have been contact, but she's made a full stride before then going down. And I'm not even sure there was contact. It might have been the. It's a dive. I got Grant Elliott, Craig, because I, I'm sort of, I guess, defending my patch because I called it a dive in commentary, and I don't take that easily, you know, you know, making calls like that. So Grant Elliott, watch the tape. Grant Elliott, knowing full well that you're going to spend the rest of your Saturdays hanging out with me. Who's right? Was it a pet? Was it a dive? You were right. It was a dive. It was clearly a dive because I think she was. She wasn't wrong-footed straight after she. I mean. I think she felt a touch. Yes, yeah, she felt like, a oh, touch. I've, I've, mis- oh, I've miscontrolled the ball. I'm going down. Yeah, she had a great step. The next step was good. And then she thought, oh, I just got a touch there. I'm <laughs> going to throw my arms. I reckon the <laughs> sign is when you throw your arms in the air, that's when you know it's a dive. Because you're trying to make it look okay. really theatrical. Yeah. We'll get, to, we'll get to Grant's rub the wrong way, Craig, in just a moment. I think you might enjoy it. G'day, Sean. Hello, Sean. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, uh, Grant. How are you, mate? Grant, brother. Granty, love it. Good, good, yeah. Hey, um, the Warriors played exceptionally well last night. I actually watched the game on Skygo. And yeah, you Sean did? Johnson, yep, and Sean Johnson has improved so much since he's been back from the Sharkies. In what way? Well, what do you see, Sean, when you look specifically at the Prince of Penrose's, like Hayshift was calling him? Yeah, like I, yeah, like his kicking's improved. Like something supple his kicking gets amazing. Like mm. it's. Do you it's think it's inspiring. his kicking, Sean, or, or well, just the, his mentality? Like the, the, the option taking on the on the last. Yeah, tackle. and he's just calm. I've heard the word calm a lot today about Sean Johnson. Yeah, I think he's just mellowed out a bit since he's been back with the boys. You know, like he's mellowed out and he's now a dad for the second time, and it's just mellowed out nicely. He just—he looks happy to me, Sean. He just looks like he's enjoying life, especially on the field. Yeah. Did you enjoy those last couple of minutes, though? What was that oh, like as they coughed up that 2010 lead? 
Oh, mate, I was thinking, I was saying some really bad words in my mind, thinking you better not be doing what I'm thinking. You know, like, yes, I was like, yes, and playing and stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> Brilliant, Sean. Hey, good to chat, my friend. I'm glad they ended up getting the, the, the golden point. Uh, and stopping the run of curse words coming out of your mouth. Good to chat, mate. Go enjoy your afternoon. It's 23 away from uh, 1 o'clock. Our number is 0800 150 0811. I love that. I love that. Because so many people would have been like that 2010, comfortable. You know, jokes by Joe's dad's called it at 75 minutes, you know. You know, traditionally conservative bloke doesn't make big calls. It's all over. It's all over. You can't score two tries in five minutes. Well, yes, you can, Dad. They scored two tries in 58 seconds. But there's some teams that you know that you just think you're on edge and anything is possible because, yeah, there could be a brain explosion. But I think that that's the Warriors of old. I think that they they are shaking away that stigma that's attached to the team that I think started with a season. I'm afraid more than one season. Yeah, I know. Is required to get rid of that. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's, okay. there's been a bit of, bit of heartbreak. Oh, there's the been a lot of heartbreak. Yeah. Joe, would you agree with that? I mean, I had my seventh you know, birthday party there, and I'm pretty sure I cried. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes way back. So, so, it goes way back, mate. So, they can have a great year here, but if, they, if they're out of the eight next year, I, I tell you what, all the memories, you know, 2023 would be a distant memory. Yeah. Or compared to, you know, all the pain. A seven-year-old at his birthday party, I assume they had to watch the Warriors game, and they lost. You remember who they were playing? No, I just know it was really depressing. It was a depressing car ride home. That's what I remember. <laughs> well, there you go, parents. Don't have a birthday party at a Warriors game. You might be disappointed. I've got so many questions, Joe. <laughs> uh, whose idea was this? I mean, uh, probably it was my dad. Like, my dad took me to games since I was three, and he, he was yep. just like, I want to go to the Warriors game. I want to kill two birds with one stone. You know, like, obviously. It's, uh, <laughs> so, I love your dad. What, yeah. What's your dad's name? <laughs> Darren. Darren, mate. Right I, Darren, when I grow up, I want to be Dazza. like you, Darren. <laughs> I want to be like you. Dazza, that's, the spirit animal, the Warriors spirit animal. That's fantastic. <laughs> Multi-town, son's birthday today, but the Warriors are playing this afternoon. Yeah. Oh, it's double up. Oh, there we go. Happy birthday, son. I got your tickets to the Warriors. Knowing full well I'm going to buy them at the gate. <laughs> I'll be part of the walk-up crowd. You know, it, you know, clearly they weren't in the top four that year. Um, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Joe. All right, Grant Elliott, what's rubbed you the wrong way? Oh, well, you've mentioned it a couple of times. You were talking about the timings of games, but that more was uh, um, an indication of what past scores used to be. But you know what's rubbed me up the wrong way? is the FIFA Women's World Cup. What? Yeah. Just the timings of the game. Oh, I mean, Junge, Junge, Junge. It's ongelooflijk. Uh, you know, the, we were going to go and support the Dutch team playing against the USA because I don't know how many people from America are actually coming out to, um, to watch this, but it sounds like it's going to be massive. And, um, yeah, I look at the, the, the game and I think, oh, it's at 1 o'clock. Oh, that's nice. On a Thursday. On a Thursday, <laughs> after school holidays. So now I'm going to have to haul the kids out of school early or give them a day off and then get them to the game at 1 o'clock um, and then also probably take time off work as well. So it's just... It, we get some violin music playing here? Like, let's cater for the families. Let's cater for the fans. I don't care how many American fans there are overseas that want to watch it on TV in luxury hours. I mean, in New Zealand, we always have to wake up yeah, we at do. 4 a.m. and 2 a.m. if we want to all go and watch games. 
and we get the opportunity once in, they're talking about once in a lifetime opportunity to watch fifa and i look at it, i go right we're gonna go oh 1 p.m on a thursday that's weird timing so that's what's rubbed me the wrong way this week you know why they've done it though i think i have an idea yeah well, america yeah yeah it's the largest you know footballing market women's footballing market it'll be nine o'clock over there it's big hour so basically the american television 9 p.m yeah 9 9 p.m so basically the american television networks have said fifa you need to play our united states games at this time otherwise we're pulling that's how powerful they are that they can actually tell fifa what to do why can't they just get the you know everyone to wake up early in the morning like we do all the time i must this is a great point and this has rubbed me the wrong way i've listened to quite a few football podcasts over the last few weeks and the bleating i'm sorry from English media people especially complaining <laughs> about how uh, it's so far away when not, we I can't go to this World Cup and I have to get up early and watch games. It's ridiculous. When Welcome to our world. Yeah, you would have done a number I, of early mornings, I, haven't you? I can't remember ever watching. I can't remember watching too many um, World Cup games that aren't in the morning or the middle of the night, you know. You've got to get up early and watch the game. No, certainly not in, you know, um, you know, evening time. Yeah, well, we were doing the... At a, uh, God forbid I've ever watched one at a bar yeah, with we, my mates didn't having we, a drink. We did the T20 World Cup together, didn't we? Yeah. That was. A, do I have a sleep after the game yeah. or do I have a sleep before the game? I'm not too sure. <laughs> Her eyes bleeding at about 4am. Oh, the complaining that I've heard. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't want to, you know, a lot, often a lot of them are like, well, I, 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 know why, I know why FIFA is doing this, spreading football around the world. Yes, we are in the world. Australia and New Zealand are in the world. We are part of the world. <laughs> yeah, we are part of the world. And it is called the World Cup. Well, I'm glad I hit yeah, a hit If you want anything played in Europe, it's called the European Championship, which you had just last year. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Oh, that's we, we've right. found some just, synergy on what I might still go. I don't, I don't know. I'm still weighing it up now. Well, you have Dutch connections. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, let's you know get dressed in orange and let's go there. And, oh, 1 p.m. Oh, okay. You do On a sound, Thursday. You do, th- you do sound like the old man shaking his fist at the clouds. Yeah. And, it, and it was, I thought it would be on the weekend as well. I thought a big game because Netherlands, uh, America, and it's not just... Um, it's going to be a big game. I mean, the Netherlands have been moaning leading up to the World Cup as well. The Dutch are good at moaning. They are very good at moaning. And they've been moaning about playing on a field which has a cricket turf in the middle of it. Oh. They've never seen a cricket turf before. It's pretty hard. And they've obviously been falling on it. But they asked 18 months prior, can you please you know, dig it out and put some nice manicured grass over there so our players when they fall it's not going to be in the heavens so now the Dutch I I think that's ruined their World Cup now and their preparation well they take they take on the US that is a huge game that's sold out by the way that game that's been sold out for ages because that is that is a rematch of the last World Cup final you can get resale tickets though so I went on there there will be a market yeah and there was a resale site so yeah so hop on because I don't think it's fully sold out but yeah, well, it'll can, be an amazing. Everyone it, has a price grant, as you would know. The economy is stopping on Thursday yeah. at around 10 a.m. <laughs> Wellington. Exactly. We will take a break. It is quarter to one. This is the Saturday session. <laughs> 11 away from one. Clado's ready to rock. Hello, Clado. Good afternoon, Dan and Glant. 
Oh, hello, Clado. Gee, that was a very sombre hello. You're normally oh, a little sorry. bit more animated than that. Did you have a late night? Uh, no, no, not as such. Celebrate a what? Another Warriors win? Yeah. I know. And late nights for Clado, the relative, right? Yeah. Late night for Clado is, is a very, very, very late night for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting to burn the candle at both ends doesn't work. Uh, I've seen Joe turn up in the morning and I'm like, do I look like that? And they go, yes, you look just as bad as Joe. So I'm like, no, nah, I've got to button off. Remember the days you could turn up and do work with a hangover? Oh, I must have been 20. Anyway, what's coming up on your show today? Hey, um, we've sacked Louis for that day, and we have got the master back in. Stephen McKee joins us in the studio up here in Auckland, so he's full of winners, he tells me, and he's just fizzing to get out here, get back on the airwaves, and tip some winners to the people. Is this a form-based selection? Um, yes, oh, like, yes. So basically, like, Louis's been relegated to reserve grade, has he? Yeah, well, the $1.70 shots and $2 pops, you know, they sort of go by the wayside today. And we get some real value for the punters. <laughs> not, not the, Someone not, with cojones, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not the Baz McCullum selection where you just keep the same team in until they do perform. Uh, you know, like Zach Crawley, who came good. But, Clado, just how you, you pick your horses... Is that how you select the people on the show with you? <laughs> um, that's a very good question. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just Louis no. away. We'll get the next best. <laughs> next best. Well, who's who's the next best today? What what sort of punts have you got for me? Just to see if I'm going to um, throw out my multi and put in at Clado's best. Well, we thought we were getting rain throughout the country during the week, but it sort of came and went, so the, these both tracks are going to be a bit sticky, so it's going to be hard work out there, so you want something that's hard and fit, and we've got two former winners of the Open Aki Cup going around again today in the Open Aki Cup, and that is Just Ask Me and Helena Baby, but Helena Baby's been a little bit out of form, but strikes form this time of year, so that could be his day, and Just Ask Me, part owned by our cohort, Tony Kemp, um, might 1,400, might be a bit short, but gee, that track the way it is, brings them right into it. So it's an intriguing well, just race. Us, yeah, Just Ask Me has boosted odds as well, so that wouldn't be a bad one. That's uh, New Plymouth Race well, 5 at 248, isn't I it? have an issue with the TAB about all their boosted odds because you put a circle yep. around all of them at the end of the day, and there's not many circles. <laughs> they seem to stop them. I've got a yeah. real snitcher on them for that. That's what they do. Yeah. The boosted odds, they find them and they stop them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would know, Clado, but I know the good oil always has great oil for everyone out there. It's not an easy bet. It's a calculated, <laughs> well-curated bet amongst the best minds we have at SCNZ Racing. Oh, brilliant. Oh, gee, can... Can someone record that and play the intro for a show? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Un- unlike how you normally open the show, basically <coughs> cutting each other down. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's almost like you're working on the Saturday session. Thanks so much, Clay. Right. Have a great show. Thank you, guys. Do appreciate it. All right, let's get to the sporting tips. You should probably run a mile from. From I will go first. I thought I was onto a real winner here, fellas, when I thought Japan Zambia. Yeah. I said the, the potential you for did. an upset. Um, the draw's paying $5, $5.50. fifty for the draw, Zambia and Japan. Um, mm. I would not be shocked if uh, Zambia can get that. Uh, Japan are very, very warm favourites, $1.22. Certainly not as hot favourites as the US. I think they've suspended betting head-to-head because the US are paying a $1.0001 or something of the sort. They are that hot of favourites against Vietnam. 
I wanted to go total goals in this one, and I was thinking uh, more than two and a half, uh, four and a half goals. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. So over four and a half goals combined, paying two dollars ninety five. I like that one. I like that. Um, I, I I would not be surprised three two four two, something of the sort in this game. Um, and get on it. Here's a boosted odd. Barbara Bander. Barbara Bander, get on her to score a goal. Get on her to score a goal, fellas. Um, that's what that, that that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm tipping. The boosted odds for her are Barbara Bandra scores, and Zambia a draw. It's only boosted at six twenty five. I'd I'd go the head to head. I must admit, $5. anyone listening to Daniel McCarty and his football uh, punts, he's never far away. And when he goes for exact scores as well, I'd definitely prick those ears up because. Um, yeah, you've been pretty good in that department. If I want to be positive about your betting, thank you. You've been really positive today. Only, thank you. Uh, I, I, I say this sincerely. It's, it's very kind of you, and I well, do appreciate it. Now, well, now that we've actually been nice to each other for the first time in two years, can we get back to you just doing a multi and me okay. laughing at you doing a multi? Okay, so from positive, you've to got negative. thirty seconds. Right, I did a six-leg multi oh, last week, and I got four out of the six. <laughs> here it comes. You told me that the uh, Warriors were going to beat the Sharks, I told you. and uh, they did, and I went the other way. But However, what I've got now is I've got a four-leg multi. The Roosters to win, the Storm to win, the Cowboys to win, and the Sharks to win. Gives you around about $4.50, and I think it's a dead cert because there's only four legs for me this weekend. So I'm going to come good. I have to come good. He's he's guaranteeing it. I'm guaranteeing it. Thanks, Jokes by Joe. Great seeing you, my man. What a wonderful cameo you have made. Give our best to Daryl. Thanks, Joe. To Daryl. Darren. Darren, Good seeing you guys. Love you, Darren. Keep up the great work.